This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in, that's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd, here with me I have Rich Lotta. What's going on, man? Chilling, man. Um, just, you know, getting, you know, set. We just finished the uh, Social Suplex Fantasy Draft this weekend. Uh, I wouldn't One know. Nation Radio is uh, We don't even have it up good. yet. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even know. We don't even have it up yet. It, it seems to me like somebody is hiding a podcast. Let that <laughs> podcast come home, Jeremy. Any, any. I'm sure Jeremy had to had to do a lot of work cutting out the the dead air because of the strategy. Um, so if you guys heard another laugh in the background, uh, we have the young boy Joshua Smith yeah, from speak, Keeping It Strong Sal. Yeah, speaking of that, in this situation, we'll make him OVO. Josh Josh Smith forty spinning over like he's eighty. What? <laughs> Hunched over like he's eighty. About that? No, it's a it's a. I, I, I'm not going to explain it to you. you. You Google it. Anyway, what's going on, Josh? What's up, guys? Glad to be here. Glad to be hushed over like I'm 80. Um, yeah, man. I, I think this year's draft was uh, pretty good, but like we took everybody that was involved took it so seriously that there's like a lot of downtime, dead air. Jeremy's like, oh, I got I to gotta clean this shit up. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Hopefully um, Josh has a... Um a happier time on the show uh we don't have to talk about as much wwe that depressed them last time so um you yeah. know it, so that was weird because got... like i was on the show for years and we always talked about wwe and it was always great and then last time i was on the show that was a terrible pay-per-view and i don't i don't even remember what it was we talked about i just what remember pay- it was... what pay-per-view was he rolling to review i don't even remember. i don't i don't know it, drew mcintyre was yeah. champion he wrestled someone i don't know I couldn't tell you. I don't remember. Rich, do you remember what what pay per view was he on last uh, that he reviewed? I don't know if it was. It, it might have been an NXT show. Nah, it was a WWE but, show. Okay, it was a pay per view. I don't know. I literally forgot. I'm sure okay. the listeners don't yeah, remember yeah. either. Dude, it might have been like that was seven years ago. Lane, maybe. No, that was seven. Years I don't ago. know. Shit. <laughs> yeah, but <we've laughs> it was got, a couple um, months ago. But it was seven years ago. <laughs> Yeah, bro. Like <laughs> this whole pandemic we, thing, just like time gotta, is just um, a game. Yeah, man. Um, we got a lot to uh, get into today. We're gonna start with Will Osprey in New Japan. We've got a double or nothing preview coming up uh, to close the show out. But 
we got to talk about Will Ospreay and the, pretty much the overall state of New Japan. And um, as you guys know, Will Ospreay forfeited the I or he was stripped of the IWGP World Heavyweight Title um, due to a neck injury. Um, as the week went on, um, there are various rumors coming out uh, from credible sources and. Uh, people on both sides of this saying, hey, it's actually an injury. Some people are saying it's not an injury. Then we've got these uh, NAC UK, uh, you know, rumors popping up with it. Uh, I've put out feelers within the wrestling world. <laughs> Gee, I wonder who that means you talk to. Heard, <laughs> heard, heard a, you know, heard, heard a few things. I got several friends, sir, you know, in, in the business. So, but um, it's you know, and I've heard different things. So, uh, Josh, what's going on in New Japan, man? It's um, yeah, it's rough right yeah, now. This yeah, is, yeah, yeah. This is like talk to us, man. Like, what you know, I, good. This is <laughs> hey man, hey man. This is like Brock Lesnar. Like you know, I feel like one of those Road Warrior promos. Talk to him. <laughs> oh man, um, tell him Hawk. Yeah, tell him Hawk. I, I don't really know, man. Um, that question, you know, what's going on with New Japan? That's the question I've been asking myself, feels like, since, like, last year. <laughs> yeah, so summertime, I, last, <laughs> summertime last year. It's, but, uh, it's, it's funny how it just, like, creeps up over time and you realize, <laughs> wow, it's been like this for a year. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, to address, you know, the, the topic at hand, I, I don't think anyone really really knows except for those that are involved um i I will tell you that i've reached out to sources that i have and i'm not speaking for jeremy here i'm speaking for just me solely uh my sources are telling me that they've talked to wrestlers in the company who have adamantly like denied that he's leaving at all and said a hundred percent he's staying with the company but you know you know how that is i mean they could have been told that by credible sources. They could have meant that wholeheartedly and still be wrong because, you know, we just watched that dark side of the ring, Brian Pillman show. And a lot of people got worked, you know, even, even people that, that don't want to admit they were work. Yeah. All these years later, you know, so I, I don't really know. Um, I mean, th- there was some, some news, you know, that's just kind of sporadically been coming out. Uh, over the past few days and even today a lot of great work by voice of wrestling kind of have to give them a shout out on their patreon and stuff but they kind of gave a detailed breakdown of what is known right now and the basic gist was osprey has a bad neck he is banged up he was hurt we kind of had heard that he was hurt uh during the there was a I think, yeah, during the Shingo match, he had meant there was uh, talks of him having maybe hurt his shoulder off of a a shooting star press. So this was even before we heard about the neck thing. Um, I know Dave Meltzer talked about that a little bit on Observer Radio. Um, So people were kind of mentioning he was a little banged up. But um, the news that's coming out now is that the, the trainers knew that he was hurt, but not hurt so bad to where he wasn't cleared to wrestle and not hurt so bad that they thought that he couldn't continue with the tour. The game plan apparently was that he was going to defend the title at the Yokohama show or at the, uh, state at the um, Tokyo Dome show against Okada. Yeah. The Tokyo Dome dropped the title to Okada. And then at that point, you know, basically go home. 
And then the state of emergency, you know, tightened and the COVID outbreaks took place and they had to cancel their shows. And on top of that, it's now been confirmed that Okada was one of the few that, you know, that was COVID positive. So they kind of told him like, hey, these Row 2 shows are off. And it wasn't just him. They told all the, the foreign talent that they were going to go home. And, you know, with him not having an opponent in Okada, they were telling him he was going to go home. And then, you know, in short order, they canceled that, you know, announced these series of uh, Road 2 shows uh, that are going on now and over the next couple weeks and told all the Gaijin talent that they needed to stay here and, and work. And I think with Will, like, basically what we know is that he decided to go home against the wishes of the company, um, citing personal and physical reasons. And at that point, you know, the company, you know, if he does come back, we don't know when he's coming back, but if he does, there's going to be the quarantine. We don't know if it's going to be in time for these stadium shows that are, and, and dominion that are being postponed potentially. Um, so it's kind of a mess. And so that the company felt like they had no other option other than to strip him. Um, and, you know, there's talks that he might be leaving to go to NXT, NXT UK, WWE. No one's really sure. There's a lot of, uh, misunderstanding about, uh, from, or at least what the reports are saying is that a lot of the, the Japanese talent keeps citing NXT UK as the place he's going. I think that sounds plausible because the reports were that B Priestley was going to NXT UK. Um, Dave Meltzer kind of reported on this and said, he didn't think that that made sense because of how much they'd have to pay Will. And just to, to keep a talent like him in NXT UK doesn't really seem to make sense. But, you know, I think there's precedent for it. They did it with Walter, and it kept him off the game board, kept him away from AEW and New Japan. So I don't see why they wouldn't do that for, for Will if that's what he was looking to do as well. Um, Rev Pro at the same time, he's still the Rev Pro champion. Mm-hmm. And they're, they've kind of come out and said publicly that they're not stripping him of their title and that he's going to be making a public statement about what's going to happen going forward. And they're in a different position than new Japan because they haven't taped any, uh, any footage that would contradict the stories right now, whether he were to be champion or not. So they're kind of in a good spot when it comes to that matter. That's pretty much what we know. Uh, you know, there's people who think he's leaving. Um, the one thing we do know is that he's supposedly locked up to a five-year deal, but no one really knows what the actual confirmed terms are. I know this past year there was reports that Jay, uh, Jay White had a similar deal, and it turned out he wasn't even under contract when everyone was saying he had a five- or seven-year deal. So, you know, the misinformation, you know, because it's a, a foreign country, that could be part of this, uh, this whole thing as well. Plus, if he decided not to go back, they'd probably have to give him a release because what are they really going to do? You know, what are they going to do to him? I mean, at that point, it's a Brock Lesnar situation all over again. Yeah, it's like, do you get him and bury him? That's not in your best interest. Uh, Can you ever really trust him again? Probably not. Um, If it's, you know, if it's not, you know, a real deal injury and and only, you know, a couple people know, you know, what it is for real, and that's Will, and that's the company. Um, kind of wondering about that IWGP World Heavyweight title. You know, you, you get it, you know, all the backlash, like with them combining the belts. Abushi basically takes all that, he drops it in his first defense or second defense. Uh, Will and Shingo, a great match, and then it's up in the air again. Like, so, um, 
the IWGD title has not been in a situation like this. So la- what, like 15 years, Josh? Like The last time the IWGP heavyweight title was vacated was in 2009 when Tanahashi was champion. And even then, it was quite a rarity that that had ha- even happened. So, yeah, it's been, un- you know, the-, the lineage has been unbroken since then. Till now. Yeah. Well, um, I thought it's not, it's not, anyway. yes, yeah, it's not the same lineage. Yeah. But yeah. So what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they folded that belt up. It's yeah. a different belt. Yeah. Said, uh, see what happens. James see what happens when you throw away yeah. decades well, of history for some new shit that don't make no sense and no one wanted. <laughs> see what happens when you out here creating uh, solutions for things that weren't that weren't problems. The grass is noise greener. <laughs> now I'm yeah, about to think like Chris Brown song for like the next like five so, minutes. James, so, so, so what do you make of like you know the vacancy of the title itself and where to go from here and you know, the, and then like all this stuff we're seemingly dropping on you with the uh, with all the rumors and uh, everything like, else with Will. Okay, so um, full disclosure, I, I I don't know what the hell is going on because I've just been it's been it's been a it's been a week where I just had to have my hand my my head away from. Um, pro wrestling, to be quite honest with you, I've been. I had to watch. Uh, I think it was four shows this week. I only was able to get to three of them. Um, but whatever. Uh, this is just weird to me because when I'm I'm here in NXT UK and like you know I mentioned it in the thread thing before I found out that people you know there's some questions of whether or not you know there's a misunderstanding. And I was just like NXT UK don't even make no damn sense to me because like whatever deal he's getting to you know whatever deal he's getting to even go to NXT if it was NXT normal like or domestic he he got that from AEW and had the same flexibility to do whatever he wanted to do away from um, the mainland or or somewhere off TV and do any dates and you know that that Walter thing pretty much precludes him from. Uh, Walter's deal, obviously, all, uh, not all things are equal. Will's a bigger star than than, than uh, Walter was at the time, um, but like Walter is like you can do whatever you you can do the stuff you were doing over over in in Europe, but you know, like U.S. like that's kind of, you kind of, you're you kind of ours now. So uh, for me, it's like I don't. And when it comes to AEW, he could have got a, a very good deal. It made sense and had the flexibility to do still do New Japan and all the other stuff or whatever. So I I just didn't see it as it making much sense. It's from just, just from an Occam Razor's perspective. Now, like um, you know, obviously some things change when you throw in like where we don't know where B actually is. We we think that she's signed that she's signing to um, be in one of the NXTs. We're not sure which one, um, but you know. Um, so I was just like, okay, this is all weird, but it's like, and also thing thought me was like, so wait, all this news is coming out, but like we haven't heard anything about him getting a release yet, and then you guys mentioned it as well. So it's like, you know, eventually I think it's gonna come down to um, either a he's coming back or b it's gonna be some big shit raised up and kicked up over him asked for a release eventually and then he either gets it or he doesn't or he has to come back and run out whenever his contract ends if people think it actually ends um you know in january like they like you know traditionally nx or not nxc but uh, new japan contracts have for guidance have ended so um you know this is They're nothing to gaijin unrest like a lot of people are threatening to walk or and, and, they say and that a lot of came people up, are gonna be out of there and that it came up what, january a, right and that it came up what like a week or two ago about uh guidance have issues 
uh, uh, before Oscar it, came out. Yeah, it started to kind of come out. Uh, there was the brief, like, kind of like mentions. Uh, I don't remember whose podcast he was on, but uh, Fit Finley Senior was on mm-hmm. someone someone's podcast, and he was like, he was "Yeah, on my JBL and Gerald Briscoe." That's who it was. Yeah, he was on JBL and Gerald Briscoe's, and he was like, "Yeah, there's some issues over in Japan." You know, uh, Dave is kind of looking at his options because, and then he kind of like detailed what's going on that they were told that they could leave and then they couldn't leave and then you know the quarantine situation plus they've been quarantining these guys in the dojo and not in hotels uh recently so that's like been an issue that people kind of had miserable plus like two of the hell two of the, even in a hotel two weeks is miserable yeah and then two of the gaijin talent who were told to stay which uh the speculation is that it's dave finley and jay white uh, they know that two Gaijin talent tested positive for COVID, and then so that added even more, you know, stress to the situation as well. So yeah, that's there. Uh, speaking of some of the things that you brought up, um, one thing is with the AEW situation, there's the fact that if he was working AEW, um, I, I don't know what Pac does. I know, I, I think I've heard that he might travel, but I know that obviously things change. But Will has said in the past he never wants to work in america he worked with in america for roh and he hated it and so that might be one of the reasons why the speculation for nxt uk is so high plus you know the rumors that that is specifically where b Priestley went and you know there's reports that they broke up it was the end of their relationship and i just i could i i know we're in the realm of speculation here but like i remember being in dallas in a in a worked press conference not a real press conference mind you this was one that was kayfabe and someone asked him about b and how she helps him when he's touring and this man started literally sobbing and broke down for real um so i mean i could just imagine you know who i don't know what his what their situation really is but i mean if if your girlfriend you know you're living in a foreign country and you're having a tough time and you're hurt you're banged up and she leaves you and she goes over to another country you have opportunity maybe to make that work that could be what's happening here <laughs> literally i i don't want to go i don't well, want to go give further up down this, this i'll give up this damn belt for you i don't want to go further down this rabbit hill like look whatever whatever look because that ain't our business and i don't really like to go down that kind of thing because like look man whatever he decides whatever he decides whatever reason i just say like i'm not going to pretend that that's not a possibility a possible factor into his decision making so i so it's worth it's worth mentioning but like i don't feel like delving into that part so that, uh, that's pretty much all i'm saying okay it's a possibility okay. all right cool i just want to stop there i don't want to go no further because like I don't, I don't i don't i don't i don't care <laughs> i don't care about their relationship so what, to the like what did they want to delve into that not on not on air hell no so um yeah man it, it's just a weird situation so they're gonna do with the belt man yeah, that's where I'm at too next. How, like, how you look at the situation. You look at the situation. Um, like viable title contenders or whatever they're gonna do. Uh, I presume that like the champion will now be decided at the next Tokyo Dome. So like, well, actually, we don't know. You know, because we don't know the schedule right now. So the deal is, we've got a couple weeks of Road Two shows and then Dominion. And then the speculation is that eventually we're getting those Yokohama and Tokyo Dome shows, but there's no dates that have officially been set. The Olympics aren't that far around the corner, and there there's already another tour for I forget which show it is, but there's already a, another tour coming up for a different show. They're saying that they're postponing those 
stadium shows, but I don't know how they would even break even doing those shows given how tight the lockdowns are. And they're saying that they're going, that they are looking to expand the, the lockdowns out in those prefectures to like June or July right now. So it's like those shows might just never happen. Kind of like the wrestle dynasty last year. I think there's a good possibility that we get to, we get dominion. We move on to the next show and those stadium shows just don't happen. I mean, yeah, um, and Josh, you brought up something when we were talking off air, like about the Olympics and like yeah. how, and the Olympics' role in all this. Yeah, I think you know, and I, 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 who am I? I don't work in the government, so I mean, I, I don't want to overly criticize, but you know, it seems to me like there could be a case of some, you know, just being like overly cautious because the numbers have risen, but they're not significantly higher than they were last year. And this company ran using PPE. We know the PPE works. They did contact tracing, you know, based on what they said, there was no, uh, you know, cases at all that, that uh, for audience members all last year, but suddenly everyone's in lockdown, like to the nth degree. And I think it's mainly because the company or not the company, the country the government is trying to do their best to just contain everything because the Olympics is coming up. And I think that's yeah, they're why trying to, they're trying to run the numbers down ahead of time or try to curb right. a spike for any potential spikes happening by the time it is time for the Olympics, the Olympics, which is like, I still not exactly sure that we're going to get the fucking Olympics. And we might just have to say, Hey, sorry, there was no summer Olympiad, uh, right. In, in this space. And <laughs> sorry, all you people that have built for four or five years to get this point, you're past your prime. Better get into coaching or UPS is hiring <laughs> or something. Sorry, because you know they're not going to they're not going to run um, even if they get to next year. They're not going to run some 2022 Olymp- uh, summer Olympics when they have a 2022 Winter Olympics. Hell no. So uh, nah. So yeah. yeah, you might just have to get a lighter rank. <laughs> well, like, I mean. I don't think yeah. they will. They, they, they Japan trying that. to ensure this money is coming, this yen is coming in. Well, that's the thing. Like, but that's the thing. Why they're trying to do all this stuff to try to make it to where, regardless of, they're trying to do anything in their control to where they don't, to where if it's canceled, is because of the IOC, not because of Japan. Because getting to the Olympics, regardless of what city you're in, what country you're in, is a is a is a money loser. It's always a money loser. It's just to say that we did it or whatever else. It's very similar to that game, Rich, that you're very familiar with. Uh, subsidizing franchises, arenas. You just want to have your name on the marquee to say that right. our city has this team, and we have, so we pay for this stadium with taxpayer money, and this team might hold you hostage or whatever else in a decade, whenever the, you know, or what, or 15, 20 years down the line when the, when the um, say the yard arena isn't say the yard anymore, but the whole thing is it's city pride or civic pride. And to say that we have had another Olympic Olympics games, like that is important to the world. So that's why people dump in all this money to build all these buildings and arenas that, and um, to host all these events that are only really there for that. And then after the Olympics gone, you're like, okay, well we'll use it for other stuff over the years, and then hopefully you can fill it. Fill those buildings out, but all that concrete got poured, all that all that wiring got ran, all those all those pipes got put in, and all that money got spent. So that's what that's what Japan's on, and I don't blame them because that's what we would be on, and that's what any other country would be on that's that's trying to get an Olympic game or a World Cup. So like I don't blame them, but 
um, I'm just interested. In this. I'm just. It just stinks from the perspective of us, you know, following these moves because we're wrestling nerds, you know, like you like. Yeah, I would like for to see some, uh, you know, a, a gigantic Tokyo Dome show again because they're trying to recoup and all this kind of stuff, and that means they can they have to run out another big card so they got another another great show. That's cool, but like like you said, like. What's more important? These pe- people's lives are trying to run the shit down. Like, if they feel like, you know, the government is forced to try to get this Olympic Games in, then, like, hey, man, wrestling will come to the side because the Olympics more, is more important than fucking wrestling or a Tokyo Dome show. It just is. So, I get, I get it. I, re- I remember the days the IWGB title would have been more important than the Olympics. Oh, my God. That was, we are no that longer never, those days. That never um, happened. <laughs> but, right? um, <laughs> what days were those? So, so give me, give me the... Give, give give me three names. Uh, you know who 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 should we look out for? Should should we just go ahead and get it over with and give my dog Ishii his gold watch? Like <laughs> like why not? I'll, What's I'll the t- argument? You know against it. I don't think they should do that. But I'll tell you right now, if it was me, if I was running the company and I had the option to basically put the title on one person in this situation, the person that I would give it to that I think makes the most sense for quite a few number of reasons, I'd give it to uh, Minoru Suzuki. Hmm. Because he's never held the world title before, and he's not someone, and he is someone who is like super over. And I think one of the reasons they never give him the title is because they don't feel like he needs it. But right now, I think the title might need someone like him who can actually elevate the title a little bit because it's, you know, it just got dropped because of the, all the scandal and everything like that. And then you have someone who's ready made to get beat by whoever your actual real champion is next, probably Okada. But, I mean, you could mm-hmm. do any number of guys. But if it was me, I would set up Suzuki, and he's super credible and believable as the champion right out the gate. And you're not you're not wasting any matches. I mean, there's probably not a single match that's on paper that you've never done with Suzuki already, you know, and major stars. So it's not like, you know, if you do him and Okada or him and Naito – that they've never done it before. You're not you're not throwing a match away, but it's still going to draw on it. It's something that doesn't even have to draw on a major level right now because they're in the pandemic, but it's still going to have some some interest in it. And you might even ha- be able to like he's had some incredible title runs in the past. Uh, most recently in Noah in like 2015, where like he like demolished like half the the Noah roster for you know the, the better part of a year. That's what mm-hmm. I would do. I would I would put the belt on him. Have him beat a couple guys, and then have Okada take the belt off of him, probably. So you saying they should not put the belt on Keiji Muto? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It seems like they're doing pretty good business with Keiji Muto. That might not be a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I don't. I don't watch Noah though. So. Oh. Yeah, I. I, oh. I, I <laughs> yeah, man. I don't exactly know what to do with the IWGP title. Um, I would say they should run some type of four-person tournament for it, but, like, they've, they've, they've effectively done that the last two fucking Tokyo Dome shows. So that's kind of... Right. So they, they've kind of fucked themselves in that situation. Like, and you can't get all the way to the... Because the, G, the G1 is in October this year, like how it was supposed to be last year, right? Yeah, uh, that's what I'm. That's what we're thinking. We don't even really know, but that's okay. what it seems like. But even, even if it wasn't, uh, even if it wasn't July um, in August, like it usually is, it's still too far away to go with the, with the with no, with no champion 
At least I imagine it would be for them because they they love to strip a motherfucker for a belt and immediately uh, put crown somebody within like a, a month after it's been you know determined that like this person can't defend or get back into the country. So um, I guess for me, I don't. They don't have really good options. Like, I mean, you can always just go back to Naito. You can always just go back to... Um, Ibushi. To... You could. I'm not saying should. You could. I mean... So, But that, I think that stinks narratively. Like, oh, you lost the belt. Oh, let's leave it right back to you. Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. The, the, there's, it's also, fine. there's also a lot of the arguments I made for Suzuki could also apply to Tanahashi. And kind of the exact same situation. If you wanted to put the title on him uh, so that he could be the guy to drop it to somebody else, that is a possibility that exists. Putting it on Tanahashi at this point is like oh, yeah. when they put the, when they gave it, money, in the, when they did the 2014 Money in the Bank with Cena, and was like, oh shit, Daniel Bryan's gone. Uh, Cena, you, you go out there and get destroyed by Brock Lesnar. <laughs> you, yeah, you, 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 you. So, like, I, you know, I. Yeah. Sure, sure. Like I'm never gonna say you're never gonna make a bad. It's never a bad play, at, even at this stage still to go back to, to the ace, right? Um, but I don't know. I don't know how you get it back to Okada, even if that is the main concern, which was getting getting it um, to a Tokyo Dome in the summer and getting um, from getting the belt from Osprey to Okada. Like I don't. Like you cannot, or I, I imagine you just cannot do another Tokyo Dome main event with Tanahashi and Okada again. Because it was, it was. I mean, they, well, they, they kind of ran it. They kind of ran it out of its course. Like they, they put that shit on the first night of Dallas. Uh, two years the, ago. Can they just the, do Okada and Naito again? Can, yeah, and I could. They could. They could. I think that was going to be the game plan, to be honest with you. Like, if everything was that's expected to have happened really occurred, it's believed Okada would have won the belt. Naito wins the G1. They they rematch at the Tokyo Dome. That's a huge drawing match. And then, most likely, Okada would have retained. That'd been and, the that'd been the well that'd been the well it'd been the their fourth Tokyo Dome match, right? Right. Yeah. So that that's kind of what's to be believed. Here's the thing: is like I don't think Okada needs to win the title in Same the Tokyo here. Dome specifically. So I mean, if you did do Tanahashi and him, you could do it prior to the G1 if you really wanted to get there early. You know, my main thing with Okada is like, are we going to get his? Can we get his back straightened out before he needs to? Before he actually, it's time for him to come and actually carry the company. I think can, also can he shake COVID also. <laughs> There's also that, yeah. I think the um the reports of how of him having like slip discs were greatly exaggerated from what we understand. Uh not to say he doesn't have back issues, but like the idea that he was wrestling with like, you know, full on slip discs and all that. No, I that don't, might I, I don't think it was a dal- I don't think it was straight up Dalton Castle from uh, uh no. the, 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 the freaking uh like, back it, brace. It, that seemed to be like a classic case like, of New, we New know Japan, who like kind of learned exaggerating. From. Yeah, learned Tanahashi. From Tanahashi. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. Go ahead and tell him that it hurts a little bit. Get a little time off, and then you come back fresh. And um, look, Okada went. Look, I, I got a scenario. You know, Okada wins, beats Naito with the Rainmaker. All the Lij stands cry, and again? then Shota Umino comes out. Yeah, and then Shota Umino <laughs> comes out and challenges Okada and. 
and run and run it the next month, just like Okada challenged Tanahashi. Make a new Which, ace. How far away is Shota in his uh, in his excursion now? I, I, I've I've been seeing him with the you know with the with the clean gear, but like how far like how long has he been like working that gimmick? Well, I mean, he hasn't wrestled in over a year because of COVID, so we don't really know. Like he was only yeah. he was only there a couple months before the pandemic started. Okay. Um, we yeah. we just got to make sure it doesn't go back to evil at any cost. Oh hell no, that's done. They'll never do that again. I I made a joke to Rich, and I was like, yeah, if uh, Red Narita is Shibata and Shota Umino is Tanahashi, then uh, Master Wato is Nakamura. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. But one 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 thing that I feel like is um, needs to be discussed. We could probably move off the subject afterwards. You know, and I'm not trying to say one side is more wrong than the other because we don't really fully know the the details are still coming out. Right. But um, if hypothetically, Osprey was able to compete and was told to stay stay in the country and he left and he's seen as kind of like a quote unquote locker room leader. And there's all this, you know, gaijin unrest and people talk about leaving in January and he like set the example. I don't know if he ever does work with new Japan again. And if he does, I don't think they ever put their title back on him. Yeah, like, if, that's a, if that's a situation where, especially given how, um, for lack of a better word, I'm going to say petty, or, or, or just like you know, memories like elephants. Like when it comes to New Japan, if you fucking them over, <laughs> they'll never, they'll Look, never forget if, that if, shit. If, if you honor your contract and leave the company after your contract expires, they'll fuck around and not try to bring you back. Oh, are, are, are you talking? Are, are look, well, are we talking about the office? Or are we talking about like Gato? Or are we talking about like the fans? Because you know, <laughs> like. Two of the three, okay. I think Gato's just fine. Okay, I'm pretty sure at some point they're bringing Omega back, but um, I mean, and at it, this point, you might need to get your ass on the phone and say, "Hey, how about you come collect this goddamn belt? We need, we need, please, please, we we have we have royally fucked this, and the pandemic has fucked us. We're so sorry. We." We we have no idea so like this. Like think about think about this, right? Like we apologize. Kenny Omega left in retrospect at the perfect time because obviously he didn't know the pandemic <laughs> was gonna fuck them up. He obviously didn't know the pandemic the was gonna fuck them up. Wheels came it. off that bitch. But the pandemic has exacerbated and this is like this is true for like a lot of wrestling. A, a lot of wrestling. Most wrestling to be honest with you. Like Because so many curveballs get thrown at you. And rescheduling, it fucks up so many people's. Bo- it has fucked up so many people's booking, and we'll talk about that whenever we talk about Stardom next time we talk about Stardom, right? Um, or, but when it comes to all the stuff that's happened to them, all it took was them to make one bad mistake, was evil thing, and all this shit has snowballed and compounded itself in ways it's like it's imaginable. Like, who would have thought that you make it? You you have one bad title reign and then well, it's really two things. It's that and plus the the change of belt lineage. But it's like, who knew that like one bad title reign will call will really spring off all this stuff to where it just now it's just like my god. But like Omega, he left, and then you're like, okay, so like obviously New Japan has the best wrestling in the world, but they still have this this chase that they can do with Ibushi and and all that kind of stuff. 
And then they do it, and then they undercut it, and then whatever match was still great, whatever. But then he lose. Then he loses after one defense, which you know he's a, he's a first time champion. First time champions in New Japan don't have long reigns. That's fine. Now we're here, and it's like okay, so you lost Kenny. O- you lost Kenny Omega. Um, you have or Okada's hurt. Naito is by the grace of God didn't tear his ACL this year. Hiromu got hurt. He's gone for a long ass time. Um, the only she's ro- hurt. Abushi's hurt as well. I forgot about that part. Um, Some with his so, foot. Yeah, yeah. The people you were trying to elevate last year didn't absolutely did not get to that point with Sonata and Evil, right? Um, and and the only real option you had that's never been champion, or the only two options you have that's never been champion. One is well, one is in his mid forties, the other one's Shingo and Suzuki. Yeah, Suzuki as well. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> and with Jay White, they've kind of they've they've kind of stagnated him. He's been they've overdone it. They've done they put him in every big spot imaginable over the last two years. That it, well, it is what the, it is. What they, the, I mean, they can the, make the, champion again, but it's well, like he's not going to be a bigger star because of it. Well, the real problem is he was a bigger star just a few months ago, like at the beginning of the year when his contract was and being they, speculated and they did on. Nothing with it. They, yeah, they they really fumbled the ball because he was the hottest thing in the industry <laughs> for like three weeks, and then sudden and then they brought him back and. They didn't do anything with it, so yeah, it, it's it's kind of a mess. The one thing I will say though is, with Will, let's just say hypothetically he does come back, he is in kind of a unique position because he has some leverage, in the sense that he had the hottest faction in the company. He was yep. being poisoned as the number one bad guy, and there really is nobody on a physical level that can do the things he can do. And, and they of all the like the the people that they can bring in for a big show like a like a Moxley like a Jericho. As far as the box office, he's one of the right. few people they have Those that like mandate. you put them in there and do that or whatever else. So that's the thing. Like with well, the Osprey, with this offense going left too, is like now you're in the shitter because like the person that's supposed to quote unquote replace Omega and fill that role is Osprey, and now that's fucked seemingly. Yeah, and that's the point I was about to make. They they just they set him up to they protected so many matches <clears> with him. That they've got so many on the docket that over the next two to three years are all available guys he's never wrestled or guys he's never wrestled in a major main event spot, and they set that up specifically for him. I will tell you this: I don't want to judge anyone's situation. I don't know. Maybe there's things we don't know about, but like from the when you compare his situation, and I, I'm only doing this because Rich keeps comparing the two, but when you compare his situation to like. Kenny's and I, who knows what another person would do in Will's situation, but like those those people that really hated on on Kenny and them for leaving, they probably should like analyze this thing when it's all said and done and take a look at it because if he really is gone, like this company put a lot of eggs in that basket, and if it's not gonna pan out, like this hurts them at a time when they're like really down. Like it's not, you know, maybe some of it's the company's fault for sure because we're hearing some. Pretty pretty troubling stories about the way that they're communicating and some of their business practices. But like, damn, like this really fucking hurts the company if he's actually gone. <laughs> like, bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, if Jay White is your top gaijin, it's not the same. Good luck. Like, no, he's a he's a great wrestler, but no, he he is not. Will Osprey is not Kenny Omega. I think too. Well, you know, right, a lot of right, people aren't. So I mean, right, right now, <laughs> Jay White is 
Jay White is probably regretting that he's the never champion because if he wasn't the never champion, he probably would be one of the, the guys on the short list to get the next title run. So yeah. I don't I don't um, I don't know what they're gonna well, do. We gotta... Yeah, uh, we're, we're gonna have to see. Uh, I I would advocate for uh, Tomohiro Ishii to go ahead and, and, and get it, and go. then you know he can drop that bitch, but but make the fans feel good, you know, <laughs> get some positive energy uh, into into what y'all got going on because all it's been is negative for a year, and it's just like, yo, he's right there. <laughs> Do it before it's too late. I I think people would see that as like um, <laughs> the best part is giving like giving Suzuki's age. He's like, yeah, like the, like do a wallet before it's too late. They might have five more years to do this. <laughs> we will see. It's crazy stuff, yeah, man. Man, um, so um, even crazier stuff. Uh, they finally uh, went ahead and did some more cuts. Uh, this time it was uh, NXT. Primarily, I want to focus on uh, the the Q Dog himself, Drake Words, and uh, <laughs> Velveteen Dream. Um, hey, just you know the like also, the Drake Words thing. Hey, you know that like the Road Dog is uh, in fact also the Q Dog. And I don't and I don't mean Omega Sci Fi either. Yeah. Um, they uh, uh, Drake Wirtz is already booked to wrestle um, on a show in Orlando in June. It's some Save the Children benefit show. Unbelievable. So now we have Q Pro Wrestling damn near. Um, Do you think he's going to um, be... Uh, you know he was a deathmatch guy, right? Yes. No, I so didn't know. I, like, I didn't know. You think he's going to be like putting himself through barbed wire and glass like for the children? Like... <laughs> Anything for the children. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Anything for the children. Um, yeah, long overdue. We we knew this guy was absolutely nuts when he was showing up to those county commission meetings on the Zoom calls in the NXT gear, um, spouting off about masks and predators liking masks on the children. And at that point, there's I feel like there's no return for this stuff. Apparently, there have been issues with him going back as far as, like, 11 months, like, right after the George Floyd stuff, where he was, you know, storming out of meetings with Triple H. Yes, he was storming out of diversity and inclusion meetings or whatever else. I I heard a a first-hand account this weekend of what happened during that meeting, to be honest with you. So, I, I can't name any any names, but basically, the way that they described it to me is they're like, you know, they're like, they called it a, a diversity inclusion or whatever, but like they pretty much were like talking about like BLM and like how the superstars need to kind of like support that on like their social media and stuff and like, you know, be more inclusive. And he, when he heard BLM, he just fucking freaked out and was like, all lives matter. This is bull crap. All lives matter. And that's when like everything like went down. So, <laughs> And I heard this from someone that was um, in the meeting, and yeah, and then that's when he almost got into the fight with uh, I forget the the talent's name, but they cut him too. Uh, EJ, yeah, EJ yeah. Nuka, yeah, a, a, a gentleman that I hope the factory uh, gets you know QT gets his hands on because my God, bro, he's like 
Drake Younger had to be like shitting himself if like that guy was trying to run it with him because he would have beat the brakes off of him. He's like bigger than Lex Luger, like or he's as shredded as Lex Luger in the size of Braun Strowman. They say so, like bro, that's, like what the like what you supposed to do with that? That sounds like the beginning of an incredible promo. Like you know, you, you name different <laughs> attributes of yourself compared yes. to to stars of the past, bigger than Lex Luger, more luscious than. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's all that some shit a manager would say about you. Yeah. It would be like the genius Lenny Poffo would be saying that about somebody. Yeah. Okay. But um, what what do you guys make of him finally dropping the the hammer on old Drake and like, I don't know. Is this whole situation has been horrible from an optic standpoint? I think it's pretty simple. Um, I think that they were waiting for a time where they could cut everybody so that they could batch him in there. That way there's plausible deniability if he ever tries to sue them, which I think is probably one of the first things he's thought about doing. And they're able to say, no, this was routine budget cuts. We let like five or six people go. It was, you know, it had nothing to do with his political views. Yeah, I believe James, didn't you um, find some interesting information on Twitter (laughs) with the wiki? Um, yeah, this wasn't something that I found. I think it was, um, a Bixen span. He had said that, like, somebody had entered in something about him being some political firing into his wiki, which, you know, Wikipedia is well known for, like, people go through and re-edit shit to make sure things are up to date all the goddamn time. That's how you get all them jokes and stuff when something funny happens in, in a sports, sports league where someone gets, you know dunked on or whatever else and it only lasts for like a split second so you got your screenshot up as fast as you can so they said that uh somebody he said he was something like a political firing or whatever else by uh, by wwe or a victim of uh cancel culture or some shit like that and then like the person that edited it like the person's ip address like it so happens to be in seminole county florida what do you fucking know like Seminole County, Seminole County, exactly like the same place where we see these doing these videos crying about uh, about all these QAnon conspiracies. Like, yeah, like chance. What do you, what are the odds, right? You know that that it would be the same county. Like, either that's one of his friends, that was his his, his missus as his life, or that was him. Of course, I, I hope it. I hope for his sake it was actually him. Supposed to like he's hanging around suckers like that that are that weak. They'd be like, yeah, we got it. We go. We already got you covered, Drake. Yeah, so don't even worry about it. We already got the right story yeah. out there. Yeah, by going into the wiki, they can set this record straight. The wiki. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, yeah good man, For me, yeah, good riddance. Like for me, like even before I found out about his him being QAnon or you know hardcore white white ring extremist, whatever you want to call it, like a power I, boy. Also, yeah, like on on TV, I never liked him. Like. WWE especially WWE has this weird thing with like they love doing these spots to for to counter momentum in, in matches the swing momentum where refs get in the way like you kick too much ass so like the ref stops you from kicking more ass like just physically gets in the way and like the way he will react with these wrestlers if like he's a tough guy he's like dude like you are not you, I'm sorry you are not stopping Keith Lee he's twice your size get the fuck out the way <laughs> And like, but it would always be like, you know, like frustrating. Like, move! I know what the spot is. I hate this spot. It happens like two times on every show. Get the fuck out the way. And he would, but when he would do it, it'd be like so exaggerated. Like, no, 
it's almost like an angry, it's almost like one of those angry cop situations, like, respect my authority. If you don't get the fuck out my face for I had to turn this to a Keith Lee versus Drake Younger match, or whatever Drake Worst match, but anyway. So you tell like, me, James, this man has cosplayed as a referee, like, so, to to act as a cop. Yes. Damn near. That's, that's the way his histrionics are as a, as a rep. Yes. Yes. It's fucking annoying. So, I've never liked him. I've always hated the fact that he was like, he was like their, their head ref in NXT. Or whatever else, because he was always mad, annoying, and they would always do these, these these spots where he would show his his angry man syndrome will, will pop out. So then this all stuff comes. I was like, oh, this makes sense. Like that that all fits in line with that. That makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of overlap on the Venn diagram of that. Like so, then he gets fired, and is like, hey man, whatever. Like hollow. Yeah, later. So whatever, um, man. Like. Yep. Double team dream also let go. Jesus Um, Christ. Long time coming. Could have done this over a year ago. Like, think back to 2017. This guy looked like one of the fastest rising stars in wrestling. Yep. Um, He had a great gimmick. He had seemingly, you know, he was good enough to to be carried to to good matches and uh, and putting his part uh, as well. And then it seems like, you know, his in-ring performances just started declining and it became very noticeable and like a thing that he, you really didn't yeah. w- want to say out loud. Like, Hey man, Velveteen ain't something ain't right. He was basically from then, his you know, first uh, takeover match as, against Alistair Black in, uh, I think that was war games, 2017 or, or, or basically late 2017, right? He has that match. And then he keeps having like, very good matches and performances with a array of people on TV, with Gargano, on um, Worlds Collide, with people like um, Tyler Bate or whatever else. Didn't matter. He, you know, we saw him have on, on the house show. Luke great Margo, house show have performer, great, have, yeah. Right, right. Have great matches. And um, he, was a, he was the United States, or sorry, North American champion. They lost it, and he got hurt in that match. Um, hurt doing an angle with, uh, with Roddy. And then he came, and then he was gone. And then when he came back um, at the beginning of 2020, he had just—he was completely. Done. It was like another wrestler. It was like, what happened here? Like, was right. it? He was complete. He went from somebody that, like you mentioned, can be carried with somebody that's a veteran and have great matches. Um, somebody that, and all that kind of stuff. And you know, the only thing that you look at, you know, technically with him at the time was like. He sell maybe he sells maybe too cartoonishly because you know his influences are like Rick Rude and, and Mr. Perfect and shit, or like his punches sucked. But outside of that, you like you can you can work around that kind of thing, right? And then he came back and he's working with Adam Cole and it just stunk. And he's working with Roddy and it stunk and it wasn't their fault. They they were just bad and you know the angle was bad and then all the stuff came out and, and and then you know more stuff came out when Speaking Out came out and it was like well fuck it he needs to be gone. And they tried to, you know, they tried to do the same thing with Austin. They're doing the same thing with Austin Theory, um, where it's like we'll bring him back on TV, but we'll bring him back on TV, and hopefully we'll put him in, we'll put him in punishment so the fans will forgive him by having this job all the time. And it's like, nah, bro, we don't want to see him job. We want him off Not the way. TV, right? I don't think as many people are quite as aware of everything with Austin Theory as, uh, you know, as how. Uh, kind of out there in the limelight the it, stuff with uh, Velveteen was. Velveteen was a bigger star and there's way more stuff. 
Like right. Austin Theory is the it's the one Instagram thing with him, him and a thirteen year old, right? Now and you know I make jokes about it every single time we bring up Austin Theory because like I, I see the promise, see what they see. He shouldn't be on fucking TV. So um, yeah, and yeah. that that same that same uh, individual that he was messaging uh, the Evolve champion, what's his name, Josh. Uh, Woods. Josh Briggs. Josh Briggs. He was also outed by the same person. Exact same Amazing. person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Josh, what what do you like make of like Velveteen's descent from where he was in 2017 to now being fired? Essentially, <laughs> you, you know, there's literally like a time where I would have said Velveteen was probably my favorite guy on the NXT uh, roster. I mean. Uh, I think he was as good of a worker as like Roderick Strong or John Johnny Gargano or Tommaso Ciampa. Like no, but as far as just like someone that brought to the table what I like in wrestling, the theatrics and you know the over the top, you know the eighties and the that, late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, it was just fucking incredible. Like uh, I don't even want to, and you know I feel bad even like praising him for it. You know that's right. kind of where I'm at at this point. Like I could there was a there was a time where I could have waxed poetic for twenty minutes. Just we all liked about, him. We all liked yeah, him a lot. All of us. Really, 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 really liked Velveteen. But then, yeah, as soon as the stuff started coming out, I was just like, oh, he did this. <laughs> yeah, I heard Same. the voice. Cli- I heard the voice clips. I saw the pictures. I saw the verified. You know. The timelines, everything. Well, um, ain't nobody's Photoshop that damn good. Yeah, and and there's been several like several uh, different allegations. Like it wasn't just one. You know, there was, you know, it it there's like two that are real well known. That he's addressed recently, but there was more than two at the time. Um, so yeah, like this dude did this shit, and this company covered it up, and and. You know, Triple H, like, he's Triple H's boy. He got protected. And, like, his, you know, his coworkers and, and colleagues, they didn't want to work with him. Like, and, you know, there's like, rumors of substance remember no issues. remember that ladder match? Oh, yeah, yeah. He had rumors of substance issues. And you guys remember in that ladder match when uh, it, they were being surrounded by the performance center trainees that weren't allowed to sit down or whatever. And... Velveteen would go up there and be involved in like a six man match. He would he would come out. They would get no reaction. Like yeah. it, it was just like it was a bad scenario for for everyone around. And yeah, quite frankly, it's he crashed his car of, too. Know, this, this, yeah, yeah, he crashed his car before. Um, I don't this know isn't what the first time. I, I don't know what that's the, related to. People had speculations of what this could mean as far as the substance abuse stuff. So people did like try to put the, those two together, but I don't know if they ever quite connected. It, it, it was never like yeah. official, but people who seem to feel strongly about the subject <laughs> claim that that's what it was connected to. Mm-hmm. A uh, WWE's <laughs> covered up child sex stuff in the past uh, <laughs> in the eighties and nineties, as yep. Josh uh, would tell you. Um, and this kind of and, falls underneath and that. And brought some of them back, too. Yep. Um, and it's, it's a real shame uh, what this dude did because it's all his fault. Like, I don't know who where, where he goes from here. Uh, I don't know if he's going to continue wrestling. Uh, he put out a, a strong statement on his on his IG today, and of course, he's kind of a weirdo, so he put it out sideways, and everyone had to screenshot it. And it was weird uh, how it got passed around and everything, but he's still denying the allegations a year later, but I, never I th- really spoke on it before. 
I thought what he did was interesting because he broke kayfabe entirely to, to make that comment and spoke in a very direct and professional sounding way. But then everything is stylized and it's like, why are you stylizing this and making it sideways? Like you're the dream. But then, you know, addressing us as, as Patrick Clark being like, this is not in character. Like, why are you still adding your theatric flair? And he said, basically he, he blamed the deed on being in character or whatever, when he was doing this, this thing where he's talking to these, um, you know, people on Instagram and shit, and it's like that's bro, not it, honestly. It's, it's, it, it sounds like like some Hulk Hogan, Terry Bollea type bullshit. That's not really what I got from it. What I got from it was that he claims it was a hit job. He claims that they both lied, and that you know, once WWE started looking into it, both of his uh, accusers disappeared, and he tried to give his side of the story. And you know what? It sounded to some degree plausible, but you know, this guy's had a year to think over long and hard. How and it wasn't just two people. It was just two notable people. Yeah. He didn't two address accusations, whatever you want to call it. That's, that's, that's the, in hindsight, he's not addressing the fact that there is more than just those allegations, but he's just chose these two to particularly like single out. And the other thing too, is like his version of the story is not corroborated. You know, it's just what he's putting out there. I feel like if he had put this out there, while it was happening to at least address it. And maybe WWE could have put a stamp of approval on it, said whether or not it was the findings that they had, that would have been something completely different. But like uh, nobody, I don't think anyone with a brain is reading this and thinking that this is uh, as plausible as it might sound, that it's actually based in reality. It, it's pretty much to me, sounds like a work of fiction. And it sounds like something that someone does, you know, when they want to victim blame, way after the fact to try to spin the narrative. Yeah, and that's the thing that's, a, that's the issue when it comes to the bigger... Um, somebody that belongs to or is in some institution um, relying on the institution to stand by them to then lend whatever credibility that institution has onto the person. Like, it happens all the time, like, whether it's James Wilson in Florida State or whether it's... <clears throat> Whether it's Sean Watson in the NFL and um, the in the ten- Tennessee, the Houston Texans, whether it's um, Kobe Bryant in LA Lakers, whether it's you know that happens all the time. Whether it's WWE and and all, all stuff you heard before, like people were you know Matt Riddle right now with WWE is like well, and then you have idiots coming out of no out of the out of the woodwork talking about well you know this particular brand feeling you know is standing by them their board. It has to be some. Pre- some presumption or of innocence is like, nah, man, they just try not to get sued for, for unlawful firing. Nah. So, um, right. So, um, like, but people fall for that shit all the time. And like, that's why I, you know, over, over the past, what uh, what would it be like, uh, about a year now, over the past year or so, when this shit started coming up and popping up, that's why, like, every time someone's on TV that, I, that that's, that's, you know, been exposed for fuckery, I've pointed it out every every time you mention it. I'm not going to let it slide as if, like, it's every day and let people forget, like, it's just some business usual shit. Like, nah. Like, Austin Theory does this for another, well, I don't know how long we've been doing this podcast. For as long as we're doing this podcast, we will be talking about Austin Theory, and we will put in the disclaimer, like, yes, this man is, that man is, has been linked to fuck shit. So... Um, I don't know what that means for this man. Is possibly a cooey, James? Yeah. Well, <laughs> now you can maybe explain what a cooey is. 
Like you gonna make me explain what a coup is? You, nope. I'm not. This, I'm not going to explain what a coup is. We, look, look. We are not going to explain. No, we are. We are not going to explain this. The audience is just going to know exactly what we're talking about, and it is going to be yeah. our own language. Use contest. That, use contest clues. Just use contest clues. Y'all know what a coup is. Yeah. 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 So. Um, yeah. So basically, for, I guess you know whatever, man. Velveteen Dream. Yeah, I man. guess we go like the, the who's but next thing of the releases. Because there are other people as well. Anybody uh, notable? Because I, I don't remember the leases. I only saw those it, two. In particular. Yeah, there were. Uh, okay. Enjoy Infamy, Velveteen Dream. Um, How do you spell Cooey? Vanessa Bourne. Oh, it's not on the Urban Dictionary, Josh. <laughs> no. That's, where, that's exactly oh, where I'm at. <laughs> it's an it's a inside <laughs> joke, not a not a... <laughs> not, not a. a, a <laughs> it's, it's not an AAVE thing. It's, it's just it's an inside joke thing amongst whatever. Just but you know what it means based on just context clues. Like yeah, y- yeah. All right, so Vanessa Bourne's like, gone. Matt Gates might be a cooey. Right, so, like it's a great chance that Matt Gates yeah. is a cooey. I, I think that's pretty much proven. <laughs> well, so, well, yeah. It, well, look. Once once he ends up in court, then I'll feel comfortable with just being like, once it's all out there, I'll be like, not just probable, definitely he did that shit. <laughs> Buddy finna snitch on him. Buddy is done with the Have you heard about that? Man. Have you heard about that? Yeah. 33 that charges. Man had to go register well, 33 charges uh, that tax collector do from Seminole County. Seminole County, right? 33 charges. He is pleading to six of them. And they say that if if he lies on the stand and perjures himself, them other twenty nine come right the fuck back. <laughs> they are not playing with that man lying on the stand because they can't trust him. They finna make sure this man. They finna make sure they finna get gay the fuck out the face. <laughs> anyway, we can move on. <laughs> we can move on. You know, registered. You know, you know, put a red dot on his house. Um, <laughs> wow. Put a sign in the front yard. Wow. Gotta talk. Gotta look. Gotta so, knock on doors and have unpleasant conversations to, and shit. Yeah, has to tell everybody in the neighborhood. Hey, just so you know, what yes. fuck you mean? <laughs> what? <laughs> you what? Hey, what's that conversation? Hey, you know, just moved in here. Get the fuck off my doorstep. Exactly. Get the fuck out of here, frog. Hurt you, bro. What the fuck is wrong with you? Oh man! Uh, so, other people that were released: uh, Vanessa Bourne. Uh, <laughs> this ain't the same old WWE because you know y- you would think she would easily yep. you know assimilated into into things you know yep. as as it goes. But um, good promo. They did uh, nothing with this woman. Good promo. Obviously, uh, obviously an attractive woman. Um, she had a sex pot character. She had a Mean Girls character when she was doing the. Um, the tag team with Aaliyah. Um, that's been gone for a long time. Main roster. Main roster. There was some talk of a main roster call up, but it never came to fruition. It was very similar to like the Chelsea Green. Called up, never debuted. Yeah, like get called up and it never used. It was I, well, I take that back because um, Chelsea Green actually got squashed on TV a couple times. But whatever, like she wasn't used in the way that like a call up normally is used. Um, so. It is really weird that, like, is, you know, people get moved up and then, like, not used, and, and it's just more of the, you know, the function of that machine uh, that's, go- that's going on. Um, I, I, I'll tell you this much. 
Johnny Ace never got to see her because if she'd gotten in front of Johnny Ace, she she would have been on the main roster. (laughs) I'm unaware of Johnny. I'm unaware of John Laurinaitis' uh, rumors. No, No, it's just that back when he was running the talent. Like he was the one who brought up all like the good looking like supermodel chicks and oh. the ones who weren't the ones who weren't like the, the athletes. Diva search stuff, like diva yeah, search. he was the, oh, okay. he was, he was one of the diva yeah. search guys. So like okay. if he if he saw her, she been clearly didn't see her. She'd be on Raw right now. Mm. Well, I mean, um, even Marie's back, so that's true. Yeah, you know they had to had to you know um, Alexander Wolf is gone, and that yeah. was kind of uh, a shock and. And uh, I hear a lot of people are high on this guy, and he's probably going to make some noise, um, actually, because, like, you know, some people get released, and are like, oh, maybe they didn't really, they, maybe they're not really cut out for the wrestling, but this dude was a wrestler, so, like, he's going to be right back on the grind, it looks like. Right. See, my thing is, and it was weird when they got rid of him, because he was in the middle of a storyline that was on TV. Right, like, right. He, he, you know, he was in the middle of, he was, you know, the fourth member of Imperium, um, and they were working on the Drake and Drake Maverick and the Killian Dane, like possible breakup slash tag team thing for Imperium. And they were playing on the thread of Killian Dane and Alexander Wolf were, you know, go back to the sanity days. And, you know, what is going to be one of those, like who's going to make a decision on who's basically leaving their partner to go, you know, join the other side more or less. And then like they were set up for a match between, um, Alexander and, um, and uh, I believe it was Dane, and and they advertised it, and then like they they said like it was wow. off, and they I think they I think they noted an injury it was uh, more more like obviously kayfabe, but they were they were doing it. Obviously, this is we're talking about really low stakes shit, but they were doing it, and then all of a sudden, they say, you know, like it's really weird for WWE to have something on TV, and then just like. Within two weeks, yeah, that person's gone. That, that's very rare. Like last time that may have happened was probably like what? Uh, uh, big big cast? cast? Yeah, big cast. Maybe. Yeah. Um, they um, also had Justin Duke. Uh, she got released, uh, so we don't, we no longer have to hear people with their fa- fantasy booking the four horsewomen versus the four horsewomen threads. All that shit's over. Uh, uh, it's like her and um, Marina have never really assimilated to the wrestling side of this. Maybe you know, as a function of I don't know, I don't I don't know what it could be, but um, she had been doing some work with Twitch and streaming, but you had to figure that. That's not that's not gonna last so long. Like that's just gonna dry up quick, and um, yeah, it, they never really got used as it. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Fifty. Then. Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. 
new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Anything other than goons. Uh, Jobber goons are that. Jobber goons. They never won. Another interesting... Another interesting story, uh, no pun intended, was Skyler's story, the former Brandy Lauren on, on the Indies. Uh, you mean the current Brandy Lauren? I, oh, the current Brandy Lauren, I, I, yeah. I she's think back. this is, I think this is more Lauren. of a name because of like your familiar familiarity with uh, her on the local Indies. But we continue. Well, I mean, she, that's she not on, entirely uh, she true. She was on because... Shimmer. No, nah, she was on Shimmer when we went to New York. Well, she was on, on the card, show. though. Yeah, but Brandy yeah. Brandy's also been featured heavily on Evolve. She was in Ring of Honor. She was in Impact. She's been everywhere. I, I'm not saying she's ever made a huge mark. Probably her most notable work was the recent work she'd done in Evolve just prior to getting signed with WWE, yeah. uh, especially when she got featured on that hundred that 10-year uh, anniversary wrestling Shotzi Blackheart, I believe. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's not like people don't know her. Yeah, we're a little more familiar here in the Florida area because she trained with Jay and everything like that. But, I mean, she's been all over the country and been to other countries, too. So, Yeah, so um, she had only been around for six months, never did a match. Uh, Shazi Blacker, ironically, put out a tweet that said, yeah, I just helped uh, Brandy Lauren move in her apartment last week, and now she's moving out of Orlando. Like she, I'm like, man. Um, yeah, so she never made it to TV. Um, Ezra Judge, we mentioned him earlier. Uh, he's huge. Uh, he's like probably like 6'6, six, 6'8, six, six, 275. Uh, incredible look. If, if he has a lick of aptitude for this at all, with that, you know, his type of athleticism, I believe he has like a 42 inch vert. Um, somebody get him in somebody's training school in somebody's gym and figure it out something clearly went awry here um kavita devi youtube indian sensation um she was getting (laughs) like 500 million views in in all from india but like you know i wasn't expecting that bitch (laughs) (laughs) she was getting lots of views like from india like in um I guess she just didn't make it for whatever reason. Um, and then there was another referee thrown in there just so they could say, see, we released two referees. So, um, yeah. Wouldn't that but, suck that you have to get fired as a referee? If you're like, let's just say you're really good at your job, but they got to get rid of somebody because they have to, you know, have deniability. So they got to fire two of you. Like, Oh, that yeah, would suck. That would fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, bad. Man. Yeah, man. Um, but you know, without further ado, um, so <laughs> double or nothing card. Let's run it down. We've got the uh, casino battle royale for a future AEW World Championship match. Of course, the big gimmick is who's the mystery man here. Um, so I'll go through the names that are announced. We got Christian Cage, Matt Seidel, uh, Josh's trainer, um, Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, Penta L Zero, Miedo, Jungle Boy, Matt Hardy, Mark Quinn, Isaiah Cassidy, The Blade, Evil Uno, Colt Cabana, Ten, Griff Garrison, Pillman Jr., The Acclaimed, QT Marshall, Nick Comoroto, Dustin Rose, and Lee Johnson. Who's the mystery man? Daniel Bryan. Oh, for fuck's sake. 
I'd love if he was the mystery man. Um, do I think it's him? Probably not, but um, there are a lot of names out there. Maybe, what if it's Andrade? Could it's be a possibility. Andrade. I would think the names that would be realistic that will get a lot of buzz. That Andrade is probably the best name. Um, Leo Rush uh, could be a name. Um, I don't know who. I, those are the those are the two that immediately come to mind. Obviously, the one people everybody wants is Daniel Bryan. I'm like, why would you? If you were, if it were me, and you had Daniel Bryan, I am not putting him in um, a battle royal to go wrestle twenty other guys to go win a title shot. I am just bringing his ass out right after the main event for the, or right after the, the title match, and then saying, "Hey, here you go," and then like, and then integrate him by having him smoke a couple people, and then go from there over the next, you know, two, three, four, five months. Yeah, I, and I would say the same thing about Andrade. Uh, you know, I, I feel like there's a better way to bring him in than being the extra guy. Um, you know, there's some some interesting names that do exist out there that are possibilities. Samoa Joe is yes. out there. Yeah. Um, Chris Hero is out there. You brought up Leo Rush, uh, another uh, independent star with a big name. ACH is out there. That's a possibility. Yeah. Because uh, they don't have to have the biggest name for this spot, you know. Um, last year it was Matt. Could be somebody and, coming off an injury, so that's a possibility too. Yeah. Who's who do you think will be coming off an injury around this time, or who who's about to, ready to come back? No I idea. Re- I don't remember anybody like, really being you know, injured like that. Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's true. That's yeah. True. Um. But um, up next, um, you know, those things are usually good, so. Um, up next, there's a singles match between Hangman, Adam Page, and Brian Cage. Um, this is a rematch of their match a couple weeks ago uh, from Dynamite, and this is a nice addition to fill out the card. I think um, something the undercard is like twelve; they get twelve to fifteen minutes, and um, we know Brian Cage ain't got a problem um, doing the moves. And <laughs> this is some good adversity for uh, Hangman to fight through. I th- think. Uh, what, what are you guys thinking about this match? I, I'm I liked the the TV match quite a bit. Uh, I understand why they're doing this because you know the whole story was that although Cage beat uh, Hangman, it was you know he attacked him before the bell, you know, and the interference and everything like that. So they're trying to see if he could beat him fair and square. But I mean, that was like probably the cleanest big win that Cage had had in the in the company up to that point. People were complaining that Team Taz never wins. I kind of wish that that would have propelled him to something else as opposed to a rematch because it looks like he's probably going to have to give this win back. And it's like, you know, what was the mm-hmm. point? This is just a holding point for Page to get onto the pay-per-view and not, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like they could have done something different with Cage personally. Yeah, and there's also the part where it's like, you're doing that where you're going to give have him give back whatever money he got from beating um, Adam Page by in the middle of him, you know, teasing the situation like he was going to, like, leave Team Taz. Maybe that's off now that Ricky Starks is, you know, an active wrestler. Um, but it was there for a while. So, um, yeah. It, it, I mean, I feel like Hangman has to win. But, you know, that's the, you know, that's the consequences of having wins and losses matter. You got it's, Somebody has to go down in order for someone to go up. So, so you know, I'm going to so go the other way on this. I, I 
I don't think Heyman has to win, especially when he cut the promo saying, you know, this is a essentially a double or nothing match. He was like, you took me out the number one spot, and if you beat me, I'm going to go even lower this time. So, which like, Heyman can even descend even further. Which makes sense because given the timing, it makes more sense for him to be on the back burner for longer. So if he does, yeah, you're right. That makes that does make sense, but um, you know that yep. crowd that crowd's gonna be there, and they love they, they love them some drinking blonde guy. So you know, yeah. So yeah. like, I think if you were to essentially like, I think if you cage goes up here, goes over, then you essentially now you got the crowds back. You starting Hangman, you starting to march now from from the hey, you will wrestle the Brooklyn Brawler. Like <laughs> this is it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we've got a tag team match between uh, Sting and Darby Allen against Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. There's been a lot of good intensity, um, I think, in this uh, feud that's been set up. They've thrown Darby down the stairs. Sting uh, has <laughs> gotten physical with uh, <laughs> Ethan Page. Uh, has come to ruin Darby's life. He has come like a ghost from his past. Old uh, country beef. Anytime those two. Old country beef. So um, I, I hope at least they'll a singles match at some point because they, and they do a death match because they got to beat the shit out of each other for everybody to see. Because like Ethan Page says, nobody saw that shit. So, um, yeah, man. Uh, Sting's first match, real match in like six years. Uh, what are we thinking about this? I'll tell you one thing. There's no greater way that Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky could get heat on themselves then the two of them do a double power bomb into the turnbuckle on Sting. If they if they were to like put him up and do that that uh, power oh bomb into god. the turnbuckle, oh my god! Like I would I would probably like stand up and gasp and literally like be like, "Is Sting okay?" <laughs> they they've got to I think I think they've got to tease it and then have Darby like basically break it up, but tease it for sure. But um. What do you guys think Darby's reaction is going to be uh, with this crowd? He, he obviously lost the TNT title um, to Miro. And he's, I, I, I say the Sting Association has really helped him as, you know, you started putting it with Sting, started getting all these main events, and they all started drawing. And he, you know, I don't know if you caught the show uh, last week, but, I, but, you know, this is a race between Darby and Hangman at this point. And I, I, I think if anybody is discounting Darby from this, they are not paying attention to what's going on. Um, I don't like the narrative you're trying to spin because the way I remember it was Sting was coming out every week doing nothing, and this company didn't understand what they were doing, and they need to figure this out because this shit was terrible. You know, had nothing to do with getting Darby over. Yeah, we're still waiting for oh, Sting to yeah. beat uh, Kenny Omega to become AEW World Champion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I you know, all all types of bad faith, you know, just just there and, and man, this it seems like this thing has really worked out, huh? This it, thing, it's, thing it's almost like they saw man. what WWE does and just thought like they're going to do that when it's like no, you don't have to do those sorts of things. I think there's a large portion of the fan base that are not used to anything mattering after four weeks at all in the companies that they watch. <laughs> They're not used to there being anything that goes it's beyond been, four weeks. It's been nearly six months since they've laid eyes on each other, Sting and Darby Allen, and it's they feel like they're like, 
you know, this is almost an institution. It's its own unit. Yeah. What if uh, what if Darby turns on Sting because it's a you know it's pay per view, it's a tag team match. Someone got to turn it's on Sting, Sting right? <laughs> <laughs> the day Darby turns on Sting is like, oh my god, don't do this, don't do this. <laughs> um, uh, I, I think Sting and Darby are winning uh, in you know Ethan. Page and Scorpio Sky. I think Scorpio Sky is getting submitted. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen here, but I'll tell you what. Like, I'm not really that enthused about the Scorpio Sky Ethan Page unit. I get why they're doing it because they I think hate all Darby. Yeah, they hate Darby, and long term Scorpio is going to get turned on by all ego, and that's going to be the impetus for his you know big baby face push again, hypothetically. But I don't know. They just seem. <laughs> I'm like I'm just not into that baby face push ain't fucking happening, man. Like, I, I'm just not in. I'm not into it. Like I'm not into them as as a group. Like I I, I guess I enjoy I'm them. Like, a lot going, of people say that they have no chemistry together. I'm like I feel I like feel I'm watching something different. Like because like I I see like their promos on like Elevation or like bro, no one watches them on shit. Dynamite. And they're they're intense. We only watch like, Dynamite. Like the rest were, of us. <laughs> yeah, they were on. They were in the rafters together, and they threw Darby down the stairs together. I was like, "That's cool." Like, like, what's the big crime here? Like, I, no, it's, it's not a crime. I'm just not hooked in. I, I have no reason to care about them. Yeah, like, I, I don't. As far as their chemistry, like that, I don't really see it as a problem. I just don't necessarily care because, like, they're beating, yeah. because they're beating up a 12 year old and a, and a 60 year old. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, what the fuck? Like. These two, these two grown ass men in their primes are beating up a te- a, per- a teenage size adult, and they're beating up a sixty year old adult with a bad neck. And I'm just like, all right, like, um, like I'll I'll I probably find some enjoyment out of like I don't care about those two. I care about Darby. And I care about Sting. That's kind of where I'm at on it. So like, right, like, these two fighting to tag together, like they could be tagging. Like no offense to, to Scorpio, no offense to to Alan or to Alan to uh to, to Ethan Page, but it's like those two don't really matter. Yeah, it's just some it just they just got heat on these two, and that's all that matters is we want to see old ass thing and young ass uh Darby beat these two guys and had a one match, and then we'll figure it out from there. Yeah, do you think is do you think there's anything more yeah. than that really? <clears throat> I mean, obviously, I, 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 know, think, I think these two are like, you know, they're, they're big evils of the month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the ultimate destination here, but... Uh, At the same time, though, I think that... I, I don't know. I, I, I like uh, Sky and Paige. I like both of them. In theory, I don't like this act as a unit, but I think that the company sees a lot of upside in both of them. They're trying to figure out what to do with them, and, you know, down the road, I think they've got probably some plans in place but yeah yeah i just don't i I don't care about this and that's what this team feels for like i'm not in or out on them either way i just don't know i just don't know yet uh and you know over time we'll figure it out but right now eh, whatever you know it kind of reminds me of it's not quite the same but like i remember watching wwe tv in like 05 when edge and orton were Mm -hmm. rated rko and i was like i could care less about this group like I, and I like both those guys, but I was like, this group sucks. They don't do it. Like, there's not, there's no point to this. That's funny. So this That's is kind of like the junior AEW version of that shit, you know? 
Except it's Edge and Orton. We're talking about Scorpio Sky uh, and motherfucking Ethan Page. I think well, they they are way more higher priority than um than uh, those two are right now to this company or to well, the that's why I, that's, that's why I said Junior, the okay. Junior version. Okay, I thought you meant like stature, like size, and like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Right. Ethan, they, those they're pretty big guys. They're not both six four. Um, they're not that big, but they're big. They're bigger than Junior. So we got um. A singles match. We've got Cody Rhodes against Anthony Agogo. So this whole thing is like gone. I'm kind of hyped for this. I am very excited for the match too. <laughs> I want Agogo to beat him to sleep, uh, punch him until the ref stops the match. Uh, I'm talking if Cody wants to. Cody has free license with me uh, on pay per view to bleed as much as he wants. Get this guy over as a fucking killer. Uh, you can cough up the blood. He can punch you in the face, and you can bleed. However, you want to do it, Cody. Um, you know, me, me and Rich have a, we have a running gag where we uh, we try to keep track of every single you know uh, territoryism that uh, yes. Cody steals. We're wondering how many of them he has left in the bag because eventually this man's going to run out of ideas to steal from from you know the yesteryears. And I, this one right here, once I saw what they were doing, I was like, oh, they they moved on from Bruno and Larry and moved straight into uh, Rocky Johnson versus Jerry Lawler, boxer versus wrestler, because that's exactly oh, what man. this is. So, so Dave has said this was like Nikita Koloff, too. Yeah, well, there's the nationalistic aspect. So, yeah, Nikita, Nikita against uh, Dusty, you know. Damn, so that's three. That, that's a couple in one, or in this whole angle. That's three in there. He's amalgamating, you know, just, timelines. Just mixing, them, mixing them all up, you know. It, this, is, this is like Mortal Kombat, damn near. Multiple timelines converging here in, in one. <laughs> He's a sample producer. There's, like what kind of sample producer is is he chopping it up like like DJ Premier was oh, unrecognizable no. he, or is he he no. just hit maker or, or he, the P yeah, Diddy and yeah, the Hitman yeah. he, like he's 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 um he's very much hit maker or like um I want to say OG Parker OG Parker does more I, how about this I'll give him more than hit maker I would say he's like London he's like London on the track wow yeah like. Wow. Is more or is more advanced than the than the heat maker stuff. The heat maker stuff is based like a, a blatant rip, except for changing changing out drums and drum patterns. Uh, but like, yeah. Uh, so I'll give him heat makers. Heat maker at least will throw a low pass filter on that bitch and you know and, and change up like the rhythm of of something a little bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him. I'll give him London on the track. So, um, are y'all ready for this match? Because th- this is gonna be. It's going to be some type of event. They've got a weigh-in coming this week. Um, obviously, we know the, the the detour that this thing inadvertently getting Anthony Gogo even more popular, I would say. Um, <laughs> Do you think it's inadvertent? <laughs> yeah, I think it is 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I thought know. it was a total maybe, accident. Maybe I'm giving Cody too much credit, but I think like I think he knew he's, I think he knew what that promo was like was 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 doing to some extent. Nah, I don't think he has the self awareness for that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, given the fact that he blades, you know, every third match, maybe you're right. My my whole thing is like, you know, sure the the you know less than stellar promo was there. That's kind of a knock on this. Then you know, there's the um, 
all the Cody-isms that he tends to, you know, all the, the bag of tricks that he likes to pull out of during his matches, the smoke and mirrors during big pay-per-view matches, this match has that going against it. And then we don't even know if a go-go can really go. We've only seen him in a handful of matches. They've been very short, so we don't know. Yeah, super protected. All of that aside, I'll still tell you, I'm excited for this match because I love the drama and theater of professional boxing and they've really done a great job. Like Rich mentioned, you know, they had the the weigh-ins. I think they're probably doing some sort of, like, press conference. And they have that, like, nationalistic feel. You know, you got a guy from the U.K. coming over to fight the American Dream. Like, and he's he's a killer, you know, this guy yeah, from the Go-Go U.K. Gogo clearly gets it. Like, he, yeah. he, he clearly gets it as far as how to talk people into the building. Like, he's immediately yeah. imported that from boxing. And his here. Twitter And if game. nothing else, there's another pro- great promo that's fell out of sp- – there's another great promo that's fell out of the sky uh, for this company, calling everybody piss boys. You know? <laughs> <laughs> there's um, and there's the aspect where like, yeah, he can talk, but also he's one of the better guys in this company at, at doing it on social media as well. Like his Twitter game, you know, it, it's not excessive, but the stuff he said on Twitter, like it's all super believable. Like this guy is, he, you know, he's got that dumb jock energy, and the idea that like he might be able to go out yep. there and just and just punch Cody and knock him out, like, just flat, kind of has me intrigued. I know the match probably isn't going to be good, but there's I mean, enough mi- there's enough mystery there to where I'm like, huh, like, are we going to see Cody get squashed? I Okay, so I think that the, there's no reason the match shouldn't be good given that what he accomplished, given what they were AEW was able to accomplish with that Shaq mixed tag match. So um, once you do that, right, like right, and then and then they also see and like, Gogo is you know, literally in the unit with the trainer and Cody right. trained him with him for right. you know a year or two. Yeah, like I mean, this I is a coming out party. I don't want to. I think like I don't want to you know heap too much pressure on whatever they got planned. But like you know, give with with that match and then like last year with with, with Mac with Kane, 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 Kane Velasquez, yeah. I uh, I don't think I saw any of those matches. So I, he worked I, in the AAA match with Cain Velasquez, and they said that Cody like really helped kind of carry him in that match. I, make him you look know like what? A You're right. And I and I sit, did watch the match. I was thinking of the, the fucking rock matches. <laughs> no, <laughs> the rock stuff on SmackDown pay per view. My bad. Yes, in AAA, yes, Kane was actually good in, the, in that trios match. You're right. Um, but uh, yeah, like I think I think you know. Like given where we are with like you have people that get that quote unquote get what get what pro wrestling is or are fans and have a passion for it, you know, you can't get this done like, you know, like Rhonda was, you know, regardless of whatever however people feel about Rhonda way out, like you caps you can't you can't say she wasn't a success as far as being able to be someone that had no particular, you know, background in this and, or background in this like directly and then like translating this into like a number of set of, of you know matches with some type of uh, relative acclaim so yeah like I think um, I think this should be a match that Ogogo should win um, especially given that Cody loves his put every motherfucker on under the sun over um, except for uh, QT but you know there ain't no money in QT so yeah like it, now this, this is the person to make so go make him or try to whatever I agree with every point you made. The, my only big concern is Cody's ten like proclivity to lean into his worst tendencies on pay per view. That's my only big concern. Is like so your big concern is the same concern that everybody has about Cody Rhodes. Okay, yeah, <laughs> like he might he might be on that bullshit. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right. yeah. 
Yeah, I think if a go-go loses this match, someone should be arrested. <laughs> well, I don't think I don't know. I Flat wouldn't on. take it that far. I think there's <laughs> I think there's a good chance that like a go-go doesn't beat him. I, I can't wait until like the AEW preview where like Floyd's response is lock me up then. <laughs> Later on, I have Cody sneak him with like a wrestling move. And- oh my god! Yeah, 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 yeah. Beat him with a backslide. That's what's gonna, <laughs> bro. After the match, Cody's gonna avoid yeah. all those punches, and and at the very last second when he throws the big punch, he's gonna hook that arm, hook the other arm, and he's gonna backslide him, bro. Oh my! God. Actually, actually, no, that's you, not how it's you gonna- guys think. Cody is going to throw his dukes up. And try to square up with the boxer. Yeah, of course he is. He's going to try to hit the, the big elbow because he's the American dream now. Now, nah, here's what's going to happen. He, he's going to, uh, a go-go's going to go for a big left hook. Cody's going to duck, and then he's going to put him in the sleeper and tap and put him to sleep right there in the middle of the ring. <laughs> put him to sleep. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I think I would be more offended by the backslide. Like, I would just be like, get the fuck out of here. Like, um, to be fair, like I don't care. So, who, I don't next, care who wins or does. I just think that it makes more sense to get Ogogo off the ground by having to beat uh, by having to beat Cody. Like, oh, he, he needs he, he needs to, to beat Cody. He didn't have to book this match. Yeah, he needs to beat Cody. Like he should, and it would probably be a bad idea that he didn't for sure. But it is Cody, so that's what I'm saying. Um, so we got <laughs> a singles match for rules. the AW Women's World Championship with Carl Shida. Carl Sheeta is uh, taking her one-year title reign into this match with the Doctor uh, Britt Baker. Last time they ran it was um, an excellent match, um, Norcross Georgia in the gym, and that was like a star-making uh, night for Britt Baker. It was so star-making. Um, they said, "Hey, let's Sheeta, make her bleed again." The same, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, shirts were on sale immediately, and you know she kind of has taken off since then, and there. That night, after that that week, we knew that the match for this division again was Sheeta and Britt Baker, and someone you know is back a year later with you know the title on the line. A lot of people, Sheeta made you know achieved her goal of going back into uh, you know arenas with the championship, but feels like it's time. It's time. Uh, she's been yeah, she's been through everybody. Britt's hotter than the sun right now. Uh, she's peaking. And I think, you know, I, I think Britt's been ready. Yeah, I think that, you know, not to disparage any of the other girls around the roster because they've got a lot of talent there. But this company, when they had that initial press conference and they kind of unveiled that, like, Britt was supposed, supposed to be, like, the torchbearer and, like, the standard, you know, for that division, I think they really lucked out. They they have a tremendous talent, you know, character-wise, you know, wrestling-wise, you know, improved so vastly over the past year. It's kind of crazy. And, yeah, she's, like, her, her act is, like, so fine-tuned. It is, it's one of the major things that people have really complained about, about the women's division is, like, oh, you know, there's a lot of good wrestlers, but there's not anyone that I can really get into character-wise. Well, like, Britt Baker's the answer for that, you know? And mm-hmm. we haven't really... Yeah, we had um, Nala Rose as champion, but that's pretty short-lived. They haven't had a dominant, long-standing heel champion in that division yet. 
And that's what Britt Baker is going to be. And it's going to be, it, I don't know. It kind of reminds me. I think she's going to take up real estate too. It's not like, hey, Riho, go out there for 15 minutes. Right. And then there's like nothing else. Like, uh, or Ishida, you know, go out there and, you know, have your great match. And we appreciate it. But like, I think Britt's going to be a change of pace that is going to, is, is flat out going to work better. I see her championship reign being similar to the cruiserweight championship title reigns that Jericho had, the way he was able to use that to elevate himself to an even higher level and develop these interpersonal feuds, which she's already been doing, but now the title's mm-hmm. going to be involved. Um, I think that's the right move, and I'm, it's been a long time coming, and we're finally there. Yeah, I don't have Same. any to with what you're saying. Um, I just... Uh... I think the first match, uh, I don't know. Like, um, I'm already kind of tired of the act. Like, she's still a great talker. There's more stuff she can do about it, but she can do with it. But it's like, all right, like, how many times do you have a promo about, like, you are the top star, so therefore, like, you just rise to the top? Like, I feel like you're bringing kayfabe to me, so I'm like, okay, cool. Like, great. All right. Um, so, uh, you know, like, She's a she's a talent of talker, and this is like her third variation or take on um, the character. So like, I'm sure there's there's another one coming. I'm I'm kind of just waiting for that part. Um, but as far as like the time, yeah, the time is is past. Like she could have been like after the Thunder Rosa match, it was like all right, it, she has to be next champion. Yeah, um, I, I think she you know gets a gets a belt here. She probably walks into a summer feud with Thunder Rosa. Uh, if I had to bet some dollars on it. Um, she as a champion. I guess we should maybe we should eulogize her here. Um, I, let's do I, that after the show, or let's do that. Uh, <laughs> let's let's say that for the show. Yeah. Like let yeah. you, you like fuck around and win, and what are we gonna do then? Yeah, be, be ass out. So um, yeah, so um, then we got the tag team match for the, uh, the world tag team titles. We got um, the Young Bucks against John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Uh, this one has got lots of build going into it. Um, they have formed this new team with Mox and Kingston to fall out of the pay-per-view uh, last month uh, and gave Matt and Nick some new singles guys to uh, run through after they've been beating the brakes off the tag team division. Um, what do you guys think about, think is going to happen here? Do you, is it time to switch the titles? Is it necessary to switch the titles? How do you guys feel about this one? I think it might be a wise decision, but it feels like, you know, um, I don't think in the main event we're seeing a title change, but if we're already changing the women's title, you know, two two title changes on the same night, I don't know, possibly. But the, the, I'm just thinking, like, from a um, booking standpoint, the Young Bucks have, have had the titles for a long time, obviously. Moxley and Kingston were just recently sort of adjacently involved with Kenny Omega, and you kind of need to get them away from that. And if they lose here, I don't know what you do with them next, but if they win, now they're in the title pick, you know, now they're kind of like tied up in the title scene, and mm-hmm. that you can remove them from this whole, you know, uh, super elite or whatever the, the, the click is called sort of thing, yeah. and you can get them involved in other aspects to where, you know, we're not having to rehash Kenny Omega and John Moxley again. And I feel like that might be the way they're going, especially with like uh, how hot Moxley and Kingston are right now as an act. Conversely, the Young Bucks just turned heel recently. So even though they've had a, a lengthy title run, 
they haven't had a lengthy title run as heels. Like this is kind of a new thing. So that's that's where it's kind of hard to call. I think they could go either way. Right. Yeah, but like the only real babyface team they have really. I can't even say that because like, who? What babyfaces are left aside from Moxley and Kingston now? Uh, well, there's Jurassic Dr- Express. Dr- yeah, and then the Sidells. I thought they already beat. And, the and they already, yeah, they already beat the Sidells. Don't like, matter. They, they, they can they, run it back. Yeah, they beat like <laughs> they went up and down like this shit. Like, like the only team they, they really the haven't beaten is like the Lucha Bros, but like they still pinned Phoenix when they, they haven't had beat. the Death uh, the, the, the Triangle match. So it's like they haven't beat done. Sting and Darby Allen. No, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I am I am not beating I am not beating John Moxley to then uh to then put the belt like months later on to Darby Allen. I think that's hustling backwards. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think I think Moxley and Kingston makes sense to me. I don't know. What do you think, Rich? Um I think the matches will be worse for the tag team titles if they go to Moxley and Kingston. Like they'll be fine. But I think the Bucks are just operating on another level right now like with how pressed they have people um there's still an ftr match out there like if they can figure out an alignment there's a proud and powerful match i know they they face them once uh but it was a face versus face match i believe um i would i would go with the bucks and then have them pin eddie kingston and figure it out like i don't think you need to necessarily cater to moxley because he's so over like on his own, like you could spin him into literally anything else. I think, like you could spin, spin him into Hangman, like or whatever. Like you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I think taking the belt, belts off the Bucks would not be to their benefit, just because I think the Bucks are the best tag act they have, and w- taking the belts off of them now, I think it leaves them with a big wound, like. Because, like, the belts are the things they're rubbing in people's faces along with the shoes, the outfits. It's all, like, a big package right now. It doesn't feel like they're, like, I feel like someone needs to be made. John Mosley and Eddie Kingston are not made with the with winning the belt here. Like, they're already, like, stars in their own right. That's true. But they're not, they wouldn't be a well, bad. It would, it, would it be, it was not about making Moxley as much as making Kingston. That's kind of what I was thinking, you know. Exactly that. Plus, I don't care who wins one way, one way or the other. Like, I, because like I, I quite frankly don't want to see uh, John Moxley like cooped up with Eddie Kingston for long. But um, you know, because I, I, I much rather see him like fighting. Why um, do you hate him so much, Kingston? Yes, I don't hate him. I think he's one of the best promos in the world. But like, he's a fucking loser. Why should I care? All he does is fucking lose. Except when he's attached to John Moxley. <laughs> And like his promos aren't that. Aren't I, I don't know if you. And his promos like in the last few weeks. It broke up. Sorry, because all he does is fucking lose, and the only time he ever wins is when he's attached to John Moxley. So like, I don't think he's a winner. Like it's like Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Like I, I like obviously, uh, you know, it's a little skewed because um, in that situation, Raquel's a better wrestler. I'm not I'm sorry, Dakota's a better wrestler, but it's like one person is clearly positioned and is presented as up here, one's way down here, and the only thing that's holding together is like their friendship. And it's like, all right, like. Their matches aren't going to be that good either, compared to the Unbucks. Like you said, there's also that too. Like unless, I, you, unless you're going to start breaking out, like okay, they go fight uh, PMP and they go out and do some LAX shit. Okay, okay. I was just going to say, I I just think that the matches will be different. Like obviously, you know, 
there's a lot of different styles and stuff right. they're brawlers but right. i think i think their matches would be very good personally um the, i i don't think that having them in your lineage hurts the lineage one one bit either i think that's a good addition to you know if you're trying to you know continue to have credibility with the tag titles i i just think from a booking standpoint it just makes a little bit more sense because like james said like who's the young bucks gonna fight right. next after this they don't have anyone keyed up i i think i think they'll figure whoever wins they'll figure it out right as far as yeah they got time but um my whole thing is like, all right, like, is this Moxie is <laughs> Moxley's your biggest star? So it's like, okay, he's in the tag, and then like, and then what? What's after that? Like, is he going to turn? Like, how are they going to spin out of that? I'm trying don't to think. Like, I'm trying to think of like, hey, okay, do the title run? They lose to um, I don't know who? I don't know. Lose to Lucha Bros. Lose FTR. to FTR. Lose to the uh, lose to um, Proud and Powerful. Then it's like, all right, so he's gonna have a loose affiliation. And he's gonna get back into singles, and then you know, like he's, he's like, is, is, that's when they do the Cody thing. Is that when they do Hangman and you know get Hangman over by getting him a big win? I don't know, but it's like, I know what those promos. I that was one of the best babyface promo uh, guys of the last of the last like five years in pro wrestling, and like him doing his buddy buddy thing with Kingston is lesser than it just is. No knock, it's still very good, but John Mossy was out here smoking his bitch every week, and now he's doing he's doing you know funny stuff with his friend, who also can be out here smoking his bitch every week too. He just be losing, but yeah, like stuff so, so for me is like, all right, whatever y'all want to do, like they're talented to make whatever they do work, but it's like I, I think optimizing um, everybody, I think that you could be doing cooler things with with Mossy and like. You know, if this is to, you know, this this was in service of that, you know, that stupid fucking thing that happened with the the, the bomb not going off, and I said like, you know, they're they're trying to make the best of like such a shitty situation to happen to them, all of it, all the way around. Yeah, I, I think. Do you, think I, do you think Cody and Dustin could team back up? Yes. Yeah, sure. easily. They're brothers. Sure. The face the Bucks. There, there's a lot of options for what they could do, and I think the one thing we're all kind of in agreement with is either way, whatever they spin off into one way or the other, it's going to work out. I just, is, is there another tag? T- is there a tag team that along this run from the young bucks that, that big face tag team that they beat that like, you think she can another run at them to eventually conquer them? Like, would it be, would it be now that like you have houses coming this way, you build towards Lucha Express again? I'm just saying, uh, Jurassic Express they do that all the time. Sorry. Jurassic Express, yeah, that's a possibility. I think Luchasaurus being over, they did a lot of good work with uh, Jungle Boy. Like that, that team is is rejuvenated once you get the crowd like putting crowd. over yeah. uh, Luchasaurus again. Yeah, I mean the the crowd's really behind them. Um, I think that there's a possibility that you could get uh, some of those guys from the Dark Order. Yeah, um, Silver Reynolds. One of yeah, Silver Reynolds. Back. How far out is Silver? He's back on BTE, so that's a good sign. There's always Lucha Brothers. I mean, I know they did it, but it's been you know a little bit longer than I think people realize, and that's something they could go back to. You know what? They could because like they've only done two matches in AEW right. with Pentagon and Phoenix. So like right. the natural one would be do your third match, and then it's for the AEW belts for the first time. Right. But the thing is, for me, is like I'm not holding my breath that they're going to put over. <laughs> 
Phoenix and Pentagon when they don't, when they've shown that they just don't want to do such a thing. So like that's kind of where I'm stuck. Like yeah, go out there and be like the fourth, uh, you know, like the the second best act in the company in ring. But then like yeah, we're, we're after you do all that great stuff, we're gonna fucking pin you, Phoenix. Like so I'm like the same thing when it comes to like the, the um the Scorpio Sky push that that, that we were talking that that was happening and where it was like. It's been it's been months now. Like, can we, you know, can I see something more than just like some inklings of the shit's going to happen, or is it actually going to happen? Yeah, if I was if I was betting money, I would put it on Moxley and Kingston. That's where I'm at with this, and I don't usually count out the Young Bucks, but that's kind of my opinion. I mean, and to be fair, like uh, the idea of like Moxley, Kingston, and Penta and Phoenix doing some garbage no i mean garbage i don't mean it like uh negatively like doing some death match like that'd be cool as fuck like pit, like a pentagon moxie match is a is a marquee match on a pay on a on a uh i'm gonna say a takeover on a you know a um quad annual uh pay-per-view they just haven't done it yet new new england wrestling i believe booked that match uh once so they have experience working together so um Miro versus Lance Archer for the AEW TNT Championship. Uh, looks like the B block is starting early here. <laughs> um, as soon as Lance Archer came charging out, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I knew what was next. I didn't know it was going to get booked that fast. Um, the, they heated it up real nice with a promo on Dynamite where I thought they both had nice little clever lines. Um, you know, in you know, this should just be a war, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard to know exactly what to expect because even though Miro was in WWE and worked with a lot of bigger guys, I can't really recall personally too many guys with the kind of frame and stature that, you know, that Lance has. Um, I've seen Lance work with guys Miro's size, but... Um, you know, it's first time meeting between them. I don't know what kind of chemistry they're going to have. I've never seen them touch before. Um, I do feel like there's a chance that both the guys sort of have something to prove and like a chip on their shoulder. And maybe we do get G1 Lance Archer going out there doing, you know, all the dope shit he did a couple years ago. Uh, I don't think we've really gotten to see too much of that Lance Archer in AEW just yet. I, I, I He's had some good matches, but nothing like what he was doing, you know, in his final run with new Japan. So, and you know, if what we saw from Miro against uh, Darby Allen is, you know, any indication, I mean, he looked incredible. So, um, I kind of think Miro's going to run through Lance Archer, to be honest with you. Like, I think it's going to be a, a car crash, but yeah, I think he's going to kind of run through him. Yeah, I, I could, I could see that. I could see some kind of controversial finish. Um, I could see Miro, you know, getting the submission win. Hell, oh, I hate to put this in the air. I could see Jake Roberts turning on Lance Archer. I thought um, about that and going with Miro, but um, yeah, James, what, what you got on this man? I want this match to have an eight-minute time limit. Not because I don't think they can go past uh, eight minutes, but because. The best match involved for both parties. If they go out there and they beat the shit out of each other, yeah, they snort and they growl and they and they what you know uh, shoulder tackle each other 
and they rope run hard and, and all the, and all the hossery and do all of that and like get it done in like six minutes and someone wins by basically being overpowered and over, or overwhelmed for and, and lost by like I want I want Giant versus Ming. Fuck it, I'ma say it. I want Giant versus Ming out this bitch. That's what I want. I, I want my AEW Giant versus Ming that I, that I've been begging for and wanting to have for, for for a whole fucking like almost two years at this point. That's what I want. Give me what I want. That's what I want. Give me what I want. So yeah, that's what I want. I want them to go out there and give me the hoss smash that they have yet to give me in AEW. Um, when they sign all these all those bigger dudes, that I was so happy to see. I, I wanted it, and this is the this is finally the time for it. The time is here. The time is now. I mean, you know, the Warlow been been beating on uh, who, who the Warlow beat on Hager. Uh, he beat on um, Luchasaurus. Yes, uh, but they but they was doing they was couple. doing flips, and it was a and it was a lumberjack match, and you know that you know there was a bunch of smoke and mirrors. I want to see. <laughs> To paraphrase, like I forgot the name of the song, but look, I want I meet to meet, meet to meet. <laughs> I, I want to see big, big men beating the crap out of each other with no remorse or no regards. Look, if if Drake Younger wants to come out here and try to ref this, I want them to both. I want them to wipe their asses with his body and then throw him out in the ring. That's what I want. I want destruction. <laughs> I'm with it. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> so up next, we've got a we got the three way match for the AEW title. We got Kenny Omega defending against Orange Cassidy and Pac. Uh, it's a pretty funny segment this week with Omega and Callis trying to get Orange Cassidy to sign his way out of the match, and uh, told him he's a nice little mid card act and all types of just little little. Quirks or quips. No, no. My uh, favorite part of that was like, we but, need uh, you. They're like, we need um, you. Yeah, like, we need you. They're like, we need you to be the mascot of AEW. But you know, the top of that, yeah, sell some merch. Yeah, go, get out there and sell some merch, kid. He's but like, that, Kenny was like, you know, Kenny was like, you know, he's like, that just happened, like with Pac, like, like the power bomb went exactly how it was supposed to go. Yeah, like. You know what? What would happen? You know, when you're in that that top that upper class, you know what? What would happen if you know I, I could give you the one wing angel and it could just you know end your life? Like, <laughs> and that's the funny part. Is what? Like, that's the funny part. Is like, wait. So you're trying to convince me that like a work a, a work lager bomb is more is more gruesome looking than a work wandering angel? Huh? I was like, okay, that's funny because it's like that's ridiculous. But but it's still I still like the part where he's like, yes, look at me, look at you. I could murder you if I wanted to. Don't take this mess. You're gonna piss me off. I liked it. Yeah, I love I love that he's he's just telling them like there's it's, levels to this. Is this is same, just how it is up here. Right. It is not the same thing, but it reminds me. And he's me being of, an executive too, right? And it's not the same thing. It's not the same exact thing, but it reminded me of uh, the WrestleMania 28 bill for for end of an era between Undertaker and, and Triple H, where Triple H is like, I don't want to wrestle you because you you know the WrestleMania show every single week they come to see I don't they come to see they come to see you. I don't want to end this. And then, you know, I'm got to say all this stuff. But it's like, same thing. is like, I'm a suit. I'm doing what's best for the company. And also, I'm kind of shook. So that's why I enjoyed it. It's like, you're trying to weasel out, you coward. 
you um pack has is probably in england or something um i don't i don't know but they're just gonna have to show up on the day and you know have a good three-way um orange cassidy i'm sure the crowd's gonna be insane for him everyone respects pack this is kenny on pay-per-view on the three-way i you know i don't know how to predict three-way matches really because you i feel like you see so many of them some of them are good some of them are not um these guys are all great i expect a great match and Can, Kenny retains. Depends on Cassidy. Yeah, I don't have much uh, analytical, you know, um, stuff to add to it. Yeah, you have to have you have to have Kenny Omega pinning um, Orange Cassidy, and then like he eventually achieves to get a match later where it's actually a a knockdown dragout singles match where Kenny pits him away too. Like that's, that's kind of how you have to build, yep. build this thing. So just logical. Yeah. Yeah, I do think uh, I told Rich this. We were talking uh, a few days ago, and I was like, you know, Kenny's kind of been on this quest to like have a five star triple threat match. He's been trying to do that since like his days in the Indies. Tried to do it in DDT. Tried to do it in New Japan. Like, so there might be like he might have something to prove. And you know, even though this might not have the greatest build, like considering who's in it, they'll probably have a really fantastic match. What I'm really interested in is are we getting a new japan style challenge situation after the match is over like and sort of like what you guys talked mm-hmm. about like are we gonna see brian danielson like fucking walk out at double or nothing like he's a uh, you know john moxley you know if there was any show for him to do it like double or nothing brings back great memories like especially yeah. two years ago and one year ago so they have a they have a little legacy to live up to here with with, with this show, so um, I I would I would welcome that. I don't know if it's going to happen. I, well, oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Rich. Yeah, yeah, you're good. I was going to say I I welcome that and then roll them in the comp- regular competition, like James said. Yeah, um, I think we kind of have our tell when we find out whatever the main event is. What's up? I think we kind of have our tail and, and we'll know what it, what it is when we find out what our main event is for the show. Because like mm. if Daniel, because if Daniel Bryan is, is in fact coming out of the end, he has to close he, the show. He's like got to close the show. That's got to close the show. But like outside of that, unless there's no Daniel Bryan situation, like the, the Stadium Stampede match is going to last. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Dave announced that the Stadium or reported that the Stadium Stampede is going to last. Okay. I mean, that. Okay. Alright, I didn't know that. So he kind of fucked around with Kenny's title defense here. Like they Yeah, I was gonna say that's why they, they didn't really blow blow like a a big time challenger for, for Kenny here. Because they're gonna right. use the Stadium Stampede as the you know deal here. But Stadium Stampede match, uh, a unit disbandment match is this is the first one in AEW, so you know, the dragon. Is it a, it a, is it a, um, is it would, a unit disbandment match? If Inner Circle loses, they must disband. Oh, okay, I, I, okay, okay. So if one loses, then okay, all right, that's fine. I one way, it, yeah. I thought it was like it. You know, I thought this was you know both sides. Yeah, double. Okay, all right, all right, that's fine. I mean, yeah. we, we all expect. Um, we get Inner there though. Even before we even got to that point, we expect the Inner Circle to win this anyway, so that's fine. Um, Pinnacle versus Inner Circle. Um, I like the promos that Jericho has been cutting of late. Um, I mentioned i did not like the beer um you know or the bubbly spraying stuff but there these guys have been adamant that there's no comedy bullshit happening in this match 
I like the comedy bullshit Lazarus, so that's not much as much of an insult um, as <laughs> he, he thinks it is for me at least. Well, I, but um, the the comedy doesn't fit the tone here. Yeah, I, um, and I think that was more to show you that like this will not be the same thing you were you got last year. This is totally totally different, and also like like you mentioned, the tone of all of this build is totally different. So, um, like I you know, last year Elite versus um, Inner Circle was you know, it wasn't it wasn't particularly. Um, um, it wasn't a blood robbery. This is. Well, you know, I think to myself about some of the cinematic matches they've had. I wouldn't call them cinematic. Some of the, you know, uh, brawls that they've done throughout, like, the building uh, with Daly's Place and stuff. And, you know, I think about, like, LAX against Best Friends and how great that sort of thing was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this seems like it's sort of set up in a similar tone. Um, if it's anything like that, then this should be great. But I mean, I think they got a tall task in front of them to kind of live up to, you know, the, the lineage of the first match and they don't have all the same bag of tricks available to them. And there was that kind of comedy element and the zaniness and, and all that sort of stuff. And they don't, you know, that might work against them because I mean, I'm just trying to think of it. Like, what are they actually going to do? They're going to be in a giant building like i just don't see how it's gonna play out personally i mean they kind of already preview what they're gonna do like when okay after they after um pinnacle arrived and laid out in a circle when they came back and i think it was two weeks later and they shot all this stuff where they beat the piss out of pinnacle and i think it was santana that bust ball's head and all that kind of stuff like that was like the precursor to like the world is leading back up to and like that was fantastic so like for me i'm thinking like They've already, if all they have to do is what they've already done and make that over a, I don't know, 25-minute thing, congratulations, we got, a, we got a great match. Like, does it need to be a five-star, six-star match, whatever the fuck Dave Meltzer called it uh, last year? I don't know. All I know is, like, what they've well, what already I- done, like, with with um, a pre-taped version of a match, that already is, like, what I, that's already seems to be, like, what they're going for, and I, and I like it a lot already. No, I don't disagree. What I mean specifically when I say I don't know what they're going to do, I think about the fact that like last year they incorporated so much of the building and it's a huge stadium okay. and it's like, how are they going to find traver- more? Find more. Yeah. Yeah. How are they going to like, they don't have, you know, they're not going to be riding golf carts. They're not going to be on a cow, you know, on a, uh, on a horse and doing all that stuff. Like I, I think them actually physically fighting through the building is going to be a lot more restricted. I'm just wondering how they actually do it. And, and who knows? There's a lot of creative minds there. They'll probably pull it off. Um, but I just think it's going to be harder to do what's needed just having a straight-up brawl, you know, and on without, the field. without leaning on any of the comedy. I mean, they could go around the building. Um, I, I feel adamant that the Jacksonville Jaguars um, mascot has to be there, see Jericho, and run for his life. Like, I know <laughs> they said no comedy, but it's a direct callback to last year. Um, what did he do? He with a bat? No, he hit him with a juice effect. Be awesome. He gave him the, the Judas effect. Okay. Um, so it says the inner circle. Um, if they lose, they must disband for forever. Um, well, did okay. So James, you seem to think that that's a lock that the inner circle is going to win. I agree. No, no, no. I thought that inner circle was going to win before that was that that step got brought up because it's like you just do one on one. They already put the over the, the top. Like you brought in this new faction. You beat the first time. Inner circle had the first. Um, 
uh, match, the first uh, Stadium Stampede match. This is like their second match. They they had the experience advantage, and the, and also now that they turn babyface, they have yet to get their moment of shine as a top babyface uh, faction yet. So it only makes sense. It's like all right, they gave the one away to the team that needed the fact they needed the win first time, and now you just hand it back, and then like they can both go to separate ways after they beat the shit out of each other with going one on one. Yeah, so I feel like the I, Pinnacle is going to win. I just I can't see how that would be the case unless they just want to completely move on from this story. But I mean, or if they want to, you know, find a way to, I don't know, maybe have Jericho fight to to get the the ability to get the group back together down the line. You know, if he beats MJF, but I mean. If they break up, there's really no feud. There's no story left to tell. Right. You know. But I think I think the thing is I mm-hmm. think either way this is their last match. Either way. And the thing, another thing for me is like also in the back of my mind is like uh, I don't Jericho's Jericho's contract ends at the end or the end of this year, right? Yeah. Okay. Jericho and Chris uh, Jericho and Omega are both one and one in big matches, right? Yeah. Have your yep, rubber match. A job to be done. Have your rubber match for the AEW title, um, and then send him. You know, well, not send him, but like position yourself to where, like, if you need to move on from him, then you need to move on from him. And also, you know, Jericho will have no problem putting over Omega for the title, and then you can go to the free agency period or whatever else and figure out which, if he's going to resign or whatever the fuck he's going to do. But you know, he clearly is doing the leverage thing. Well, that's the reason why he reached out and did the, 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 that awesome podcast. So, like. So, so you do it, it's like, all right, we finally have the rubber match, we protected it, we had it, like, back in the summer of 2019, and now it's 2021, they've had three matches over four years, like, in if you beat Jericho here, or Jericho slash inner circle here, there's, you gotta do a lot of work to get back to that, and I think that's, like, a, that's one of the few potential big matches that, um, that as a heel that Omega can still have with, like, face Jericho, and you try this out, and, like, People will be super into it either way. Like so, I, I think that that protects that match if Inner Circle just wins or whatever else. I I actually I, dis- I think you got a good point on that. I actually disagree with you guys. I don't think they're moving on from this feud. I don't think this is the final match between them. I think that there's a lot of mileage that they have yet to get out of this uh, this entire okay, program. Okay, okay. So Sammy versus MJF, you did as a for single, sure. But I'm, but I'm not. I'm talking about like. Five versus five, faction versus faction. Shit, I think this is the last one. No, I, I mean. don't. I, because- I don't. I don't think it is. I think that they're going to do singles matches. I think they're going to do multi man matches. A, a lot of them between now and the final blow off match, which is going to be down the road. A third match. What between else do the they have? Them. They did war games. They're about to have Stadium Stampede. What other match do they possibly have? Especially when it's like, oh, I, right, I don't know. MJF. MJF versus Sammy. Is, match. Well, MJF versus Sammy Guevara is a, is a is a match you can do uh, a big match somewhere down the line. You can still there's still space for a Hager versus Warlow match where obviously Warlow wins. Um, and then you also you have the FTR versus um, Santana match that can be you can place in whatever way that that people will definitely want to see. Like there's I there, think there's more value in them doing them breaking it down into piece by piece by piece as opposed to. Just run, just run it five by five for the third time. Well, no, yeah, I agree with you. And, yeah, yeah, you do all the, you do the breakdowns, and then you bring them back together for like that's what the big elimination match at the they're, end. They're also clearly still angling for a big MJF Jericho singles match. I know they had the one when they were in the group together, but they're going to do an actual proper one 
that's a blood feud between the two of them right. down the road too. Like, I just, I don't know. I'm looking at the way that they used to do the, the four horsemen feuds in Crockett and mm-hmm. they would never have blown it off after two five on fives and that, that be it. And they never do another five on five. They're, they're going to do a long series of, of matches between these guys and get mileage out of it. I'm pretty positive about that. And they're going to do another five and five at some point. I don't know what, but they will. And then it'll draw money. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think especially like with that second show, we, we kind of, I, I kind of forgot to bring that up, but um, they've got some money added onto the TV deal. Um, they're moving to TBS in 2022. Um, and also adding a show on Friday nights called rampage at 10 o'clock. And they're going to have those uh, four specials on TNT that are going to act as Clash of the Champions. And uh, if you look at it, the four, uh, they have the four tentpole events, putting four more in between them, uh, I think actually will, will booking kind of snap into place even a little more with those major shows. I think those pinnacle matches can be hot properties on some of those. If you put two of them here, one of them here, um, and hey, you need something for Rampage at the start of the year, like... That's what I'm thinking. Something like that. Yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) They, they got, um, you know, for the second time in a pandemic, they got more money from TNT. So um, Jim Cornette, where you at? Uh, (laughs) I I I thought you said it was going to be out of business in in April of 2000. What? 20 or February, 2020. So that just goes to show you shouldn't listen to charlatans. Um. Yeah, but overall, I think double or nothing. It's it's a it looks good on paper. They just have to um show up on the day of because, <laughs> I, and I like the I like the fact that they're going with a lot of traditional matches in here, backing away from the overabundance of gimmicks. I think that they got in trouble with last pay per view, which I called ahead of time. I was like, if there's a problem, it's going to be the lack of singles wrestling. It was. They've seemed to address that with Miro and Archer, uh, Hangman and Cage, um. The Hikaru Shida match, Cody Rosen, uh, Anthony Agogo, and um, I, I, I think this is going to be a hell of a show. So I, I think that this show is a testament to the great storytelling, character development, and booking that this company's had. Because if you want my honest opinion, yeah, I think it looks like a good show on paper. But compared to some of the lineups that we've seen out of them, especially early on, I don't think that like if you took for worker yeah i get you yeah if you took this show like a year or two ago and just threw it out there people probably wouldn't Mm -hmm. be as apt to pay the money for it but because they've built all these different feuds and all these stories and characters so well that there's real real like investment with the product at this point and i think that that's kind of the the testament here is they've kind of gotten over that hump where they're just trying to impress people with giving them the you know the PWG style dream matches and they've kind of moved more into a, right. a holistic product, which is great. Yeah, it, it has, I think it has its own, like they have their own ecosystem of stuff of things, especially if you're like someone like me or Jeremy or Muzza that watches, you know, as much as the low level stuff as possible. It's like, you start seeing, I, like I watched Lee Johnson wrestle in who knows, like if Daniel Garcia ever like signs in with AEW, but like five years down the line, that's going to be important. And it's just like, 
I don't know. I, I I'm really invested in what they've done as far as like the levels of performers, who they have, and it, we'll see how they handle the shuffle because that's always the interesting part when it's time to move someone down and move someone up. So, um, without further ado, James, uh, you got any final thoughts on the card? Um, looking back on it now, I'm thinking now that we've gone through the shows, like yeah, I'm I'm. I, I didn't think I never thought about what Josh was saying as far as like uh, the worker for worker thing or whatever else, but like it is a testament to how well they've they've booked over the last uh, you know since Georgia and, and coming all the way through and like what you know how well the inner circle face turn has worked out. Um, so so yeah, uh, you know would I rather have seen Pack versus uh, versus Omega in a, in a singles AEW title match? Of course, but you know like. Orange has enough credit uh, credibility with the crowd for it for it to work, so whatever. Um, uh, yeah, like it, it is. And I'm in a weird thing where, like, yeah, booking wise, like I, I see where, like, I see where it could go, but like there are some ways people were like, if they if they uh, win, and I'm not expecting them to win, and it's like they can also make this work too, like how we talked about. So yeah, um, pretty well built card where like either you, someone can win or lose, and you still see pathways or to do other interesting things. Right. Well, yeah, man. That's that's pretty much all I got on that. Um, <laughs> nope, we can answer the questions. Yeah, uh, we'll kick that to next week. Um, but yeah, Josh, I want to thank you for coming on the show with us uh, t- today. Hopefully, it was a uh, lot more fun than the last one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a good time with you guys. Just let everybody um, know where they can find you. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on for sure. Always a pleasure. Uh, you can find us. We are keeping a strong style. The Ace of Podcasts. We cover New Japan Pro Wrestling every week. We drop on Wednesdays. We record on Tuesdays. And um, yeah, you can find us on Twitter at Ki Strong Style. Um, and that's pretty much it. You know, so you know, check us out, and we can tell you how. Uh, you know. New Japan's down bad, or if they're up good, you know all that shit. So, <laughs> uh, you know, better than all the other New Japan podcasts. I uh, think so. I think so. James, yeah, I'll close the show. Thanks for listening, y'all. That's it. This show. Be sure to read us on whatever app you're using to listen to this with. Um, also, check out prowrestlingtees.com slash social suplex and pick up some official social suplex podcasts network merchandise um all's on top is the latest uh shirt design get into it tap in all that all that talk uh <laughs> and then check out the other shows the network one H radio <laughs> on mondays keeping a strong style on uh recording on tuesdays uh dropped on wednesdays uh ricky and clive wrestling podcast on wednesdays roman watches shit every other wednesday great consequences podcast on Thursdays, 8-Bit Suplex on Fridays, All Things League on Saturdays, and Great Match Generator on Sundays. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Look out for the draft. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.